Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Hoopsville's back. Welcome to the Hoopsville Studios. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome into the show. A little bit of a rough start there. We hope to have bells and whistles. We were thinking about fireworks, maybe just some uh, good old-fashioned uh, excitement, but uh, it, it wasn't to be today. But nonetheless, we are back on the air for what is officially, I believe, our 19th season. We, we, we reserve the right to go back and change our minds on what may or may not have actually be our 19th season or something else or whatever the case may be. Um, we, we, just, we just reserve our rights. Change that to another year once we go through our archives and realize, oh, we forgot a few things. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome into the NABC studios. Want to thank our partners also at the WBCA and, of course, Blue Frame uh, Technology. Um, it, it, it was a strange 18th season full of very few shows, but we did shows. We are back for our 19th season, and I'm thrilled to say that. Uh, if you want to interact with us, you can do so on Twitter, at D3Hoopsville, or use the hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com, and you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We have all of those avenues available. We have them up and running on our computers, uh, and we will do our best to answer questions when we see them and all of that fun stuff. Um, Obviously, the basketball season in Division Three is underway. We will certainly discuss that when we get the opportunity as well, and plenty more. We'll also talk to plenty of coaches as well, uh, and lots of other things to dive into. Uh, we've got a computer that has not fully ever been tested under these conditions. We rebuilt it just after the pandemic slammed into us. Uh, we were hoping to give it a good test today. That won't happen, but we will uh, we'll, we'll give it a good test this season. Um, there's a lot to talk about. And honestly, I'm not sure where to begin. I'll be honest. Um, I had ideas to start maybe talking about where we've been, talking about what we've missed, talk about how we got here, talk about what's ahead of us, ignore what was in the past. And I just don't know where, and I'm hoping maybe some of you tuned in live. You can maybe guide our way a little bit here in the opening 15 minutes, but here's what we'll definitely tell you about coming up. We will talk to the number one ranked uh, team in the country in both the men's and women's polls. We will talk to Hope Women's Basketball Brian Morehouse, who will join us. I obviously love his perspective. Brian, one of the unique individuals who has emailed, text, or called me in the middle of a show and said, oh, hey, by the way, would you like me on the show to talk? He did that, remember, when everything came crashing to a to an end uh, at the uh, back in 2020. We'll have Brian on the show because his Hope Women's Basketball team is number one in all the land. We'll also talk to Gordon Mann to get a sense of what does that mean. He has an idea on one conference we should be keeping an eye on, or I'm sorry, one region we should be keeping an eye on. And oh, by the way, we have new regions. Warning you all now. Uh, also, let's see, what else do we have to talk about? Uh, number one, men's basketball will be on the show. We will talk to Randolph Macon's men's basketball, Josh Merkel, who I know has been making the rounds, and suddenly people have noticed Division Three. Uh, including uh, the NCAA. Uh, Josh has probably got his voice worn out and not from the basketball games this weekend. I, I have a feeling he's a little worn out from the, uh, the uh, podcasts and broadcasts that he's been a part of, but we appreciate him taking the time to join us. And then Pat Coleman will join us a little bit later as well to talk about uh, everything in the men's basketball realm. He's so busy with D3 football, we actually taped that ahead of time. 
You can see the studio is semi-okay. It's not perfect the way we wanted it, but we'll get into why in a minute or later in the show for sure. But we've got some new jerseys. We look forward to hanging them. Heck, maybe by the end of the show, you might see a few up on the wall. <laughs> we hope to have a new camera angle. We have a lot of, of, of hopes and, and dreams with this show for this season. We'll talk about that more at the end of the show. Uh, but in the meantime, lots to talk about. Basketball is already underway. It was a good Friday and a great Saturday and an even better Sunday. Um, it, by the way, it took one game for Calvin Cheeks to break the all-division record for career steals. He did that on opening night, and now he'll look to just make that number an unachievable one in all of uh, NCAA land. Um, I don't remember what the number is technically. Uh, he had 13 steals in the game. Um, again, he he has more than 450 now. I think uh, he's he's going to demolish the record that he only needed one game to break here, and so we'll look forward to seeing how that plays out. You, you Wisconsin lacrosse off to a good start in men's basketball. Uh, got a good win on opening night uh, over Methodist, 73-50. Got another win on Saturday. Uh, Randolph Macon. We'll talk to their head coach and talk about it, Buzz uh, Anthony and all that. They got the win over Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon, 70-61 to 61 out of the gate. Um, so good things. Harden-Simmons played, number 22, Milliken. This is on the women's side. Sorry, did not shift gears on you there appropriately. They had some good starts to the thing. ETBU, East Texas Baptist, who was number two in the preseason poll, um, had to go to overtime uh, against Texas uh, well, at the Texas Tiger Tussle, can I just say that's an outstanding title for for a for a, a tournament, the Texas Tiger Tussle. Um, but they needed overtime, by the way, to get that done. And then today had a battle; they may have lost. I got I need to double check that actually. Uh, but they outlasted uh, ETBU, outlasted Trinity, Texas, seventy six seventy in overtime. Um, and so I want to double-check scores. And by the way, you can always go to d3hoops.com for your latest scores, of course. Um, yeah, Rhodes ended up being ETBU. So I think, I mean, absolutely tremendous little women's uh, event down there in Texas. And uh, Rhodes got past ETBU, who got past Trinity, Texas, as we mentioned. Um, so some, And then Trinity, Texas, and Harden, Mary Harden Baylor were playing... Sorry, I clicked the video. I did not mean to do that. We're playing. It should be over. That game should be ended. Oh, no, it's not. It's not quite over. And Trinity is beating Mary Harden Baylor 57 49. And that's as we start this here. This is in the fourth quarter, um, early in the fourth. So about halfway through the second half. So good games aplenty across Division Three in men's and women's basketball. Well, plenty, certainly plenty to talk about. Uh, today, men's basketball, Yeshiva got the win over Penn State, Scullyville, uh, Scullyville, I never say that one right. Good thing they're not in Division III. Uh, but Yeshiva continues its win streak that is it's dominating. And by the way, it's getting plenty of attention in the media as well, no surprise. Illinois Wesleyan got a win uh, today over Lake Forest. St. Joseph's of Connecticut continues to win. They're number nine in the preseason poll. They got a win over Alvernia. That was a cool little matchup. Between coaches, we can maybe get into that later in the show. Uh, Johns Hopkins took a loss to Christopher Newport. I'm not sure if I'm surprised or not. Uh, I didn't know what to make of Christopher Newport coming into the season. Um, and that's not a knock on them. It's just there's so much turnover. And and as I talked to Bob Quillman on his QCast last, last week, 
you know, what, what do you make of a team that barely played last year or didn't play last year or played a lot of games last year and a lot of games is relatively speaking? What do you make of a team that didn't play at all? Now you're looking back two years, essentially. So Christopher Newport did get up, uh, got the win over Johns Hopkins, 64-62. I think that says a lot about both programs, to be honest, that one playing down at Christopher Newport. Um, New Jersey City played Maine Augusta, non-Division three. And got an easy win. No surprise there. So that's just today. And again, we had a lot of great scores and games taking place on Saturday and Friday as well. We had a bigger um, a collection of games getting underway on the opening weekend than I certainly expected. But I'll tell you this right now. I do not like that we started this early. Um, we we kind of saw this coming when they changed the start date. Remember, it used to be November 15th. And then they changed it to... I think it was November 15th, but if the games were played on, um, I mean, if if the 15th was on a Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, then you could start the previous Friday, no matter what. So if it was Saturday, you could start the day before. If it was Sunday, you could start on Friday. If it was Monday, you could start on Friday. So technically, you could start as early as the 12th of November. We got used to that, but then that wasn't good enough either, and so they moved it to November 8th, and this was the hook that was coming that November 8th would fall on a Monday, meaning we could start as early as November 5th. And I honestly don't like it. I, I don't. I, let's go back to either the 15th or go to two Fridays before Thanksgiving. My opinion is two Fridays before Thanksgiving. If we had looked at the calendar this year, two Fridays before Thanksgiving means we're starting games on November 12th. Fine. I, I know there's this deal about dates between the Christmas holidays, whether schools allow teams to play, are there enough dates? I get it, but the 12th gives us two weeks before Thanksgiving. We still have mo much of the month of December. In my opinion, the 12th is a reasonable start date. The 5th, I think, is too soon. Now, we're also going to get coaches. We're going to say we didn't have enough time in in you know, the preseason, and by the way, the preseason's when they're practicing, not when they're playing non-conference games. Um, well, great, but we're also coming out of a pandemic, and no one's been able to play with anybody for a long period of time. So I just don't love the November 5th date, and maybe the November 5th date on top of the pandemic and recovery from that and lack of it, – it's it all came together to be a bad timing. Um, nonetheless, I again reiterate the fact – I don't like the 5th as a starting date. It's the earliest we possibly could start. Uh, nobody played a midnight game on November 4th. We had gotten used to the kind of the midnight game. Nobody did that, and I mean November 4th into the 5th. But let's let's go back to the, to the f two Fridays before, in my opinion. Um, I think the earliest, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, so forgive me, but I believe the earliest that we could possibly play in no, in one of those scenarios is is maybe the tenth. I don't know. I don't. I don't know this very well. I, I don't know how the calendar works tremendously well. But anyway, I don't love this start. I think it's too early. I think we got too much dead time. And now we're gonna. Now we have to debate in the top twenty-five world. Do you know? Do we do we wait and do a poll right before Thanksgiving because we've had two weeks of basketball? Do we do one right after Thanksgiving, which is three weeks of basketball? How long's too long? It's a challenge, but nonetheless, we are on the air with Hoopsville, and that's really, to be honest with you folks, that's all that's important, okay? Uh, it, it was a crazy 2020 into 2021, um, and I'm just glad that, that we are here on the air with a show that we're going to be able to do for you.
Uh, new regions, obviously. Uh, I do not have them memorized, so please don't ask. <laughs> Uh, we've got region one and region two and region three and region four. And you get the sense of how this breaks down. I don't have it fully memorized. If you don't at home, I fully get it quickly. Region one is basically the bulk of what used to be the new England region in the GNAC, NESCAC, uh, MASCAC, NAC. Um, I don't think there's another one in there. So that's that group. Region 2 is a pen, is the new Mac. So they split the NESCAC and the new Mac. You've got uh, Brandeis in there as well. You also have the LEC, the CCC, the NECC, which is in troubling times. Um, and I think that's that group for the most part. So you've got Region 1 and Region 2 basically being the former New England region split in half. Uh, I was hoping maybe for a little bit more there. I would love to have seen a little bit, maybe a maybe a... I don't know, a skyline? I don't know. Maybe that's a reach, but it didn't happen. Region 3 is essentially the uh, East region. It's the Empire 8, the Little League, the Suniac, the Skyline uh, in that group, uh, and no other changes. Uh, you do have, I think you've got Rochester in that group, right? Yeah, you do from Rochester. So re really, Region 3 is your is your East region. No changes there. Your, your Region 4 is essentially your Atlantic region. Uh, you've got uh, the Mac Freedom, the CUNYAC, you have the UEC, which is the former NEAC. Um, NEAC, am I right with that? Yeah, NEAC. The former NEAC is the UEC. Uh, you also have the NJAC in that group. Again, uh, it's, it's the Atlantic region for the most part, is it region four. Region five, for the most part, is the mid-Atlantic region. You have, though the CSAC is in that group. That change I didn't mind too much. That, that kind of evened things off. So you have the CSAC, the American East. You have the Centennial, the Landmark, and the Mac Commonwealth. So that's the Mid-Atlantic. So a little bit of change there. Again, the Atlantic used to have the CSAC, for example. So that's a little change. Region 6 is the USA South, the SAA, the ODAC. You have some C2C schools in there like Christopher Newport, Mary Washington, etc. Um and I think that's it. So you have basically the southeast section of what used to be the south. So the, the eastern half of the south region. Region 7 is basically the former Great Lakes. The MIAA, the AMCC is in that group. The NCAC, uh, the PAC, and the OAC in that group. So that's basically the Great Lakes as we've gotten used to it. Region 8 is essentially the, the old central with some changes. You have the HCAC in there. You have the CCIW. Now, remember, the HCAC was Great Lakes. So you, and they had been central, then went Great Lakes. Now they're kind of back in the central group. So it's HCAC, CCIW, NACC, and SLIAC with the UAAs in there in Chicago and Watch U. Um, and then you jump into Region 9. That's now where the, the WIAC is with the MIAC. So the MIAC, the Midwest Conference, the UMAC, the ARC. Uh, the American River, uh, whatever, and the and the WIAC. So that's now, so the WIAC left the central and went into this, what was part of the West region. And then you get region 10, and now you take the West and part of the Southwest and put them together. You get the SCAC, the ASC, the SCIAC, the Northwest Conference, 
and that makes up region 10. So honestly, I like it. Uh, don't love it. I mean, I'd love some minor changes, but we talked about that a long time ago. But those are your 10 regions. We don't have names for them, so they're the 10 regions. I guess you could call them New England East, New England West, um, East, Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic, Southeast, Great Lakes, Central, Northern Midwest, and Southwest West. Uh, those would be my names off the top of my head. Anyway, lots to deal with this season. Lots to talk about. Later in the show, we're going to tell you about how our November in Hoopsville is going to be a little bit different than we originally planned. Uh, we'll also talk about what our game plan is for the rest of the first half of the season and then the second half of the season. We'll also talk about how we hope to do things a little differently and what we've considered doing. Talk about our broadcast partners and all of that. We'll also talk about, again, the big plan for the next few weeks, which is the biggest part of this. Also coming up, we'll talk to Brian Morehouse, as we've mentioned. We'll talk to Josh Merkel, also Gordon Mann and Pat Coleman. Not in that order. The order is Brian Morehouse from Hope, Gordon Mann from D3 Hoops, Josh Merkel from Randolph-Macon, followed by Pat Coleman, and then I wrap things up here on the show. We'll take a break. Honestly, you might get some dead air as we just kind of line thing, some things up here. Uh, we don't have all of our pieces together and it's also because we were planning on doing something different with the way we broadcasted things but say la vie as they say but uh stick with us we'll take a break when we come back we'll hear from brian morehouse and look forward to chatting with him coming up you're listening to hoops hope presented by d3hoops.com from the wbca nabc studios more from the show when we return College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built.
Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Quick break there. We got some things rolling. Uh, well, we're warning you now. The next interview is going to sound great. It may not look great on production at first, but we'll get there. Welcome back to Hoopsville on our season premiere of the 19th season. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. If you happen to be listening to us on the uh, podcast, certainly appreciate you doing that as well. And let us know. We're going to try and find a way to judge that a little bit better. But it seems to be pretty popular. We want to hear from you. So if you're listening to the show uh, live, live, great. Let us know on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, let us know that as well, either through those avenues or some other way you'd like to let us know. So we're back up and underway with the basketball season. And, of course, the top 25s are always part of that conversation. And when you look at the top 25s this season, I don't think you'd be overly shocked to see the women's team be the number one, being Hope. Maybe the more surprising thing is we just don't know about everybody else, especially a team like they usually battle in Amherst, sitting down at number 16. Joining us, as a tradition, by the way, I should say, right out of the gate, we always get the number one teams on our shows because that's who we're curious about. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline with a rather unique picture of myself, it is Brian Morehouse. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you. You look great. We're going to fix that picture. Everybody can see of me right now uh, from about many years ago. How are you? And, 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 and more importantly, I'm glad to see you smiling because I know you and I have had lots of chats on air and off air. This, this has been a grind for the last few years. It has, but uh, who can't smile at the start of a basketball season? I mean, if you can't, uh, if you can't be excited about the start of a new season, in particular after what everyone in the nation went through, whether they played five games last year, no games, or you know, some people played 20, um, it's, it's just good to have some degree of normalcy back. And uh, basketball is back. Uh, we hope that fans will be in the stands and uh, it's time to get this thing rolling. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Uh, the excitement is the best part. Listen, I'm not overly shocked that you're number one, but I think a lot of t people were sitting here wondering who would you guys bring back? Because you had an incredible core, Brian, last year that maybe it's a saying that I've only heard. I don't know where I got it, but it got COVID screwed in a sense because they had an opportunity to do something special, not only in 1920, but 2021. And it, and it just, it didn't materialize. The season didn't take place. You guys certainly tried to give them as many of an opportunity as possible because you honestly, Brian, if I got this right, you didn't think your core would be able to necessarily return. Am I right? No, we, um, I, count me as one of the most surprised people in the United States uh, that some of our core came back uh, because we had had some conversations and even September, October, November, uh, revisited it in uh, January. And we just didn't have interest from our players. Um, you know, I had two nurses. They were already had job offers. Uh, I had a couple of engineers. Uh, they already had job offers. Um, I had a, I had, Kennedy was in social work program and been accepted into like three or four master's programs, including Baylor and Michigan. Uh, you know, Sydney had opportunities to go to PA and PT school. Olivia uh, was into her dream school for grad school in the University of Michigan for engineering. Um, and there just wasn't, you know, it just, it wasn't going to happen. And as we got closer to the end, um, 
without conversations with me, uh, they made the decision individually, each each alone, um, to that they wanted a more normal last season and they wanted an opportunity uh, to play a final game, whether that was a win or a loss, they, they wanted that opportunity. And due to the NCAA and some changes that they made in credit hours and things like that, um, they were able to make it happen financially. So I'm a better coach uh, in November of 2021 because uh, we've got some really good players coming back to go with some players that were already set to return. Yeah, those are some really tough decisions. And listen, you are not the only one. I mean, there, this is Division Three, after all. We we expect this. I, I made a comment to recently that you know I, I do a lot of work with Navy. They know they don't get that repeat year. There's a lot of schools that they're you know, and the NESCAC's a great example and why I kind of brought up Amherst. You aren't going to get those those student athletes who necessarily can come back. To some degree, you're you're a bit lucky here that this core decided to figure out how to make that happen. I applaud them. I absolutely applaud them. But I'm sure you would have been just as not surprised if they had said, Coach, thanks, but I gotta move on. No, I we once they came in individually, you know, they didn't come in all three. They came in not even knowing the each each other was was going to come in and talk to me. And and I really laid out three or four things that I felt needed to happen for me to be okay with them coming back. And First of all, uh, they needed to be okay in coming back, uh, regardless of what the final experience was. Um, it can't just be, it was a good decision if we get to a final four and, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that um, if it's something short of that. So that was one. Um, I, I felt like the academic piece needed to be uh, done with, uh, with integrity. They were taking classes that would help them moving forward. Um, and they were all able to take that, getting uh, another minor uh, in most cases. So that was the other one. And then I, I said, you know, you have to become, be able to come back and be okay with hanging out with 17-year-olds. I mean, that's a big difference in age when you get to be a senior and, and a freshman comes in. Now you add another year on and, you know, you, you got to be all in for the whole experience. You can't just pick and choose and, and want to play the games. So um, I, I laid out three or four things to each of them. And I said, you need to go back home. You need to think about it. And if you can answer yes to those, then I want you to, to return like you want to. But if you can't, I'm going to have to take a pass because I only want you if you're all in for the whole experience. And that's fair, not only for you, but it's, it's fair for your other, your other students. And I'm kind of curious, cause this is the other twist that we're going to see Brian for much of the next few years, honestly. You've got recruiting classes coming in and you've got student athletes who are still there who wouldn't normally have rotated off by this point. So you're recruiting against or recruiting with the idea that you're not losing people when right. normally you are. And you've got recruits coming in thinking there's going to be a spot and maybe there isn't. How's that balancing act? You know, it was, a, it was, there were some interesting conversations for sure. And I think the, the great thing about our recruiting class this year um, and the one that we have coming in in the upcoming year is uh, it's been done with a great deal of integrity. Uh, and we've laid out all the different options for those families and, and the student athlete. And not one player blinked when they heard that we had three kids coming back. They were all still fired up because they want to go to hope, bottom line. And I know our basketball program is very appealing, but the number one thing they want to do is they want to hope college education 
and they would like basketball to be a part of that. But that is not the sole reason that they're coming. And that makes me feel really good about a recruiting process. No, and that's, that certainly says a lot. Uh, the, the challenge, of course, I hear from a lot of coaches too, is as much as you got this quarterback and you did play games last year, of course, but you didn't get to practice like you normally did. And you didn't get the normal time that you normally do. And you haven't had the time in the last 18 months that you normally get with coaches or with players. As much as a core's back, are, are you finding in the early weeks here before you play a game that it's still a little rough around the edges? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it helps to have experience. Sure. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very fortunate from that standpoint. And, I mean, I'm not going to complain. We played some games last year. We had some practices. I mean, I, I talked to some of my colleagues, um, you know, friends at Chicago and Wash U and, um, and Tufts and places like that. Um, come on. Like, I, I should just be grateful for what we did have. Sure. And if there is any rust, it, it, it pales in comparison to the experience that many – had last year so no complaints by me and just a true true um feeling that i'm just excited that hopefully hopefully god willing knock on wood that we will have a normal season with no interruptions normal ish i would call it yeah compared to what we're used to maybe not the same but compared Mm -hmm. to what we've been through certainly better Hey, listen, I know you love the DeVos Center. And for those watching on the show, or whether live or, or archived, you've got a great backdrop. No, that entire crowd is not listening to this interview at this time. I don't think we'd hear you if it was. But I, I know your love is strong, but your love's almost insane here, sir. You yeah. guys start off the first nine games of the season at home. You don't play a road game until December 18th interestingly enough, at Trine. Um, you've got Edgewood, Mount Union, or North Central, then Finlandia, Baldwin-Wallace, Grace Christian, uh, non-D3 for those of you counting at home, Calvin, Aquinas, same, Benedictine, and then Kalamazoo. Um, listen, I know you had a lot of time on your hands uh, during the pandemic, sir, but nine home games to start? Uh, madness or, or genius? Uh, probably madness because I was trying to <laughs> – because uh, I was trying to get away games, actually. Oh. And so, um, you know, we were, but we had, we had a couple of tournaments already scheduled and a lot of our schedule, uh, this is what happened in a lot of division three. So coaches call it other up and, and no coach likes schedule. None of us. No. It, it is the, probably the worst experience <laughs> that we have. And we're like, you good to go on the 19 schedule or, you know, the 2020 schedule. Like you just want to flip that forward. Cause we didn't play any of our preseason yeah. games. And then oddly enough, just our, our league schedule starts early and we happen to have home games. So normally we would have a couple of away games in there. So it was just an odd mix of uh, things coming together. You know, teams owed us a game. Um, and so, you know, it just, it just happened. I, luckily we we've had an opportunity to get on the road and play some really good teams here in the preseason and scrimmages, just played Grand Valley state university who is an amazing division two program, uh, 12 miles away from Holland. So, um, had a chance to play them on Friday night. That was really, really good for us to play in another gym and, um, take a bus ride and all those types of things. So, um, you know, and we've got veteran kids that have been on the road before and, and played a lot of home games. So, 
you know, the good thing is I'm going to get to see all my people in the DeVos <laughs> Fieldhouse. You know, I mean, it'll be like, it'll be a hug fest. You know, we had an exhibition and had over a thousand some people at our exhibition yeah. uh, nine days ago. And um, it was awesome looking up into the stands, seeing people sitting in their normal seats and heck it, it felt half normal. Um, you know, so it was just good to get people in the stands and, um, been a great fall at Hope College athletically. And I, I just know that we're going to have a lot of students at our games. So I'm just looking forward to having people in the gym and feeling that energy. Sure. Can't blame you a bit. Um, it, of course, the back end of it, you'll, you'll, you'll pay for it a little bit. You are going on the road for games in Orlando, uh, as you guys have started to do there in the end of G uh, December. Uh, but of course, February will be very bare of DeVos games unless you guys are playing uh, conference uh, tournament games at home. Uh, speaking of which, what are you expecting from the season? Uh, you, you've got a, you got a good mix here of some challenging opponents, at least on paper, that jump out at me. Even Baldwin-Wallace, of course, Calvin. Uh, you're going to have Trine. You're going to have the conference that's going to give you a hard time for sure. Benedictine looks like it could be a, a good game. you got a couple there with Grace Christian and Aquinas, obviously, that we may be talking about for different reasons down the end. But what, what are you? Well, Mount Union or North Central. I mean, that's an interesting what-if game. Um, what, what are you expecting to see out of this schedule? What could it give you guys as you work your way towards, you know, the middle to the end of the season? Well, the OAC must be pretty dang good because I watched some video today on a couple of teams and uh, <laughs> getting nervous. Those are, for, those are for real games. I can't wait. You yeah. know, I think it's going to be great. Um, but, uh, Mount union is really good. Um, on tape today and, you know, Baldwin Wallace, Sherry does an amazing job and they're going to be really good with the player that we didn't get that is going to haunt me. I'm sure Lily Edward. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that's going to be big. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. Like we have a good schedule. Benedictine uh, central college is an up and coming program out of uh, in division three and, and Joel Stein campus done a great job um, with their program. So, uh, and then we get, you know, like last year, we played the number four team in the nation three times. Right. You know, that's a, those are for real, real games. And, uh, you know, and our, and our league is good. Our league is improving. Um, it's not the NESCAC. I'm not saying that, but um, it's improving. And, um, you know, we have, uh, we have a couple of teams that have already knocked off division two teams in uh, exhibitions this fall and nobody knows about it, but it just shows the strength of our league is, is really coming. So, um, and you know, one of the, some of the best games of the, of the year are going to happen in our practices. Sure. Because yeah, we no, are no pretty doggone deep. You know, our junior class, um, who thought they were going to be in starting positions this year and uh, have been incredibly gracious and, and receptive to, you know, the super seniors returning, um, that's a really, really good class. And so we're going to be deep, and our, our practices are very, very competitive every day, and I think that makes us better. Yeah, you certainly have a whole host of seniors and juniors, and, and it's interesting, that dynamic. It's Of course, it has to do with the bedrock that you guys put together and, and you're leaning on, certainly, at this point. Um, is I hate to use this cliche, but is is there a mission here? Is it that you know yeah. we did get screwed off, out of something in 2020, we got screwed out of it again in 2021, and, and we want to go get it accomplished? Because I think a lot of people would, but is is it more legit with what you guys had at the table? Um, 
you know, I, I, I like to like, I, I like to paint stories, you know, like I, to my team and I like, it would be like, um, it would be like trying to make a, a paella hmm. in like 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. If you do that, it's not going to taste good. It'd be like trying to get through. <laughs> it'd be like trying to fly over Yellowstone and saying like, Oh, I had a great experience and I experienced Yellowstone versus, you know, getting on the snake river and on an aqua patio and floating it, um, you know, all yeah. the way through, you know, like it, you, you better be in it for the journey because if this is all about a mission of an ending in late February and early March, I think that it, that's fraught with danger, honestly. And, um, you know, I get to go to, I, I mean, practice is fun. And I've always, I mean, 26 years, you know, I've thought practice is fun, probably a lot more fun than I think my players probably think it is. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I, I am in it for the journey and I would certainly like the end to end in a, in a really good way. You know, sure. hopefully we can do a final four or something like that, but man, we're, as I told my super seniors and my seniors, you know, you're missing out on the relational piece and, and the everyday grind and, and just laughing at practice on silly things that coach Morehouse says and does. And, um, you know, just making memories. Like we just went to my parents' house for, uh, team bonding thing about you know 30 hours worth of team bonding and um, you know that's important to me because if it's only about the games um, I think you lose a lot of opportunities to teach our, the women in our program about life and um, and how to how to go through a process to get to a goal and for me if, a, if that's what a mission is, it's going through the process to try to reach an end goal, then yes, we're on a mission. But I think that we're on the same mission. I hope every other team in Division Three is on yeah. in that they're trying to make it an incredible experience for their student athletes where they're making memories, learning uh, gifts and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, just ha having that experience. So sure. um, I, I love the journey. Um, my, my assistant, my associate head coach, Courtney Cust often reminds me that we also have to throw out big time goals so that we know where we're headed, yeah. um, because I'm a process guy and she's a goal and goal person. Sure. And, um, but like, we've come up with a nice mix. Thank goodness. She's with me. Uh, I think she's the best in the nation, but, uh, you know, I think that she has been incredible to help me learn how to enjoy the process while also talking about big goals and not being afraid of it. It's certainly fascinating to chat with you. I love getting your perspective on those things, and, and I love getting, hearing your insight on things. Of course, I also love chatting with you behind the scenes when I get just a wee bit more. <laughs> uh, but all of it certainly rounds out what, what makes it so interesting. Of course, you also have a leadership role in it. Um, and I wanted to get to that in the, in the conference before we let you go, the leadership role, kind of what spin kind of coming off of what you're talking about there within the WBCA, you're kind of also trying to help other coaches get through all of this or deal yeah. with what you're hurtling with or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. That's, that's on top of everything else too. Is it not? Yeah. You know, it, I, I am, I am really, really fortunate to be a part of the WBCA as a member, but then, to be elected uh, to the board of directors has been something I, I accepted and, and I thought would be interesting and, and it would be a growth opportunity, but I had no idea um, 
the opportunities that it's provided for me to mentor other coaches and to be their voice. And I, I have really, really enjoyed it. Um, there have been some tough conversations along the way, um, but it's been great that uh, we have uh, a president in Danielle Donahue who is so receptive uh, and so positive and wants to be a part of the Division Three experience. Uh, she is not about, you know, hey, Division One is, you know, that's all I've got. That's what I need to focus on. Um, she is. She has been a torchbearer for us, and uh, has been incredible for the Division Three level. And that's the message that I'm able to give my fellow coaches at Division Three is, you know, if you have concerns, um, you know, we, right now we're trying to get through a different calendar. You know, we've got a 19 week calendar that's kind of archaic, in my opinion. Yeah. And we're trying to get that flipped to days, which we did during COVID. And I thought that was one of the really good things that came out of COVID. Agreed. And uh, Danielle is really trying to help us with the NCAA and the presidents push that through because it's the best thing for student athletes. And yeah. so, you know, my, my role on the board has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work, um, but it's been really enjoyable to be able to use my experience. And, um, you know, the fact that I've been doing this for 26 years and I've got a lot of relationships across the division three landscape. Yeah. It's certainly well-respected. I know that. And, Certainly looking forward to seeing how that – I agree with you. I think the days thing was kind of what I was thinking of a number of years ago when I thought about trying to get some time in September for coaches to talk with players and take it from the regular season, and you could use a week or something like that. And I never thought of days, and then COVID came up with days. I'm like, there it is. There's our solution. There's the problem. Let's just get this solved now. Now we can now we can talk about moving the start date up. Uh, you're not starting until November 12th. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, this November 5 thing, I, I, I can't. Um, your conference, you guys have been the top dog. It's, you know, and then everyone comes biting at your heels and obviously there's Calvin and now there's trying, but that doesn't mean that's it. I know the rest of this conference has got some lurk lurkers as it were, who are ready to pounce. How do you see it playing out now in this crazy landscape yeah. of teams with different players back, maybe not back transfers, whatever you want to call. It. Yeah. Uh, our league is good, um, and I think it'll be borne out when we when we play our non non league schedule. Um, Albion has been a very good team yeah. uh, for for all of my experience at Hope. You know, twenty years with uh, Coach Carden, Doreen Carden, and I squaring off, and nobody knows how to play against me probably better than she does. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sammy uh, Sammy Storma uh, up at Alma is a young new coach who is just working and i really have a lot of respect for her calvin is always going to be great um and so we got a lot of really good coaches in our league and it's fun uh it's it's fun to to have to battle in our league but it's going to be a lot of fun um i saw somebody tweet out maybe it was bob quillman or something like that he's like hey this is your yearly reminder to root for teams in your league and um and i think he's spot on like yeah. we want to beat each other's brains out but in the in the preseason we need everybody to win and schedule well. And, um, and I think that our, our league has done that uh, better and better in the last uh, three or four years. Yeah, no, well said. You're absolutely right. Uh, hey, sir, appreciate the time. I could talk to you forever. I don't know if the fans want to hear everything I want to ask you, but uh, you always give me the time, and I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate your support as well and always enjoy chatting with you. Um, I, as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuned in? It has been a rough year and a half 
uh, at the division three level. And I know that my friends at division two and division one will say that they've had it rough too. No one has had it like division three, no one. And we're back and we need to embrace being back and we need to continue to be the standard bearers for how you can compete and um, recruit and play with class and have players do it with balance. And that's what division three is all about. It's not lesser than it's greater than, in my opinion, um, we're graduating the best kids into the best jobs at this level. And we need to embrace that. And we've been gone for um, a couple of years. Uh, haven't had some of the opportunities the other one, other levels have, but we're back and let's embrace that and let's do it with class and integrity and uh, let's make it a great year. Awesome. Well said. Thank you so much for your time, sir. I know we'll chat soon down the road. Enjoy. You're off on the, and running on the 12th, and we'll look forward to seeing how the Flying Dutch do the rest of the way. Take care of yourself, will you? Thanks, Dave. Always appreciate your time and your coverage, and uh, you're the best. You make Division Three tick. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Good luck this season. Take care. Brian Morehouse joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline via Zoom. Appreciate him taking the time. And uh, we will catch up with him, I am quite sure, uh, down the road for sure. We'll take another break. When we come back, Gordon Mann maybe breaks down what some of Brian says, but also has a few thoughts of himself uh, on how women's basketball in Division Three is going to play out this season. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Back with more Hoopsville when we return. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built.
think. There we go. It's tech issues on the first night. I can't blame my son yet. That'll be the next show. Gordon, welcome in, bud. Good to see you. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, first and foremost, it's nice to be talking here at the beginning of November about the season that will play and has started versus the one that may or probably won't play like we did last yeah, year. Nice, nice to have a, a season where we expect a, a full season with a, a real national champion and everything. And uh, nice to have some games this weekend. Uh, not a lot of teams started, but uh, nice to have some crossover regional games as well. Admittedly, more started than I was ready for. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I was, I was, yeah, I was. I wasn't ready for as many games as we got. And we got a little bit of a good one out of the gate before I get to the stuff I wanted to cover with you. The, what is it? The Texas Tiger Tussle. Uh, by the way, yeah. my, one of my favorite names now for an event, um, just because it's a tongue twister. You had Rhodes, ETBU, Trinity, Texas, and I forgot the other one. And Mary Hart Baylor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they all kind of played each other pretty well. Uh, we just got a final with Trinity, Texas coming back to, to beat. Uh, no, not. Well, something yep, like that. ETBU, right. I'm already losing track of the darn scores here, and they're taking place. Listen, that's kind of that's a fun thing to see. Yeah, Rhodes beat ETBU, and, Te- and Trinity, Texas ended up beating Mary Harden Baylor. Um, that's fun to see down there among, among some really good teams. Yeah, it was a really good event. Uh, I'm sure it was a, a busy weekend for Mary Harden Baylor if they had home football. Uh, I know their football team clinched a, another AFC title, but the women's basketball team had a really nice event. Uh, those are four great teams. I think all four of those teams uh, will be in contention for their conference titles. I think all four will be in contention for at-large bids. I think all four will be regionally ranked at some point in the end of the season. So um, the uh, uh, the wins, everybody came out with one win and everybody came out with one loss. And, you know, I had a chance to watch I watched most of most of the games and, uh, um, you know, I thought all four teams looked really good. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I thought East Texas Baptist last night had really good execution on on offense and played very tough on defense. I was impressed by Trinity and uh, Haley Coleman, their their post player who looked really, really good in both games. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor played well and then Rhodes got the win today. So I, I think that. Uh, um, it's a good start. And those aren't, that's not even all the ranked teams from the South. Millsaps is ranked. Rhodes isn't. Oglethorpe brings a lot back. Uh, Texas Dallas is ranked. So, um, you know, I, I think that the, uh, the, 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 the South region, the, the deeper South region, once you get away from, from the ODAC and the USA South will be pretty good. And, and even in the USA South, LaGrange had a nice win this weekend as, uh, as they beat Oglethorpe in, in that opening uh, event. By the way, awesome uh drop in there at the end and i wasn't talking about the uh, she's the, uh, she's very excited so about well the done. world of zoom yeah yeah hey my daughter's the same sir uh, <laughs> i was gonna try and transition on a hope because we just had brian but because we had this 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 group there at the bottom of of um uh, down in texas of playing games i want to talk about the fact that listen that south bracket as you kind of hint that south region and and again it's more southeast in region whatever five now and, yeah and southwest ten. in region 10 <laughs> yeah. but still you know we we have a lot of talk about those teams gordon but they never break through when we expect them to or hope them to or whatever yeah listen talking to some coaches their eyes are down in the south this year their eyes are on some teams down there that may get out to rough starts to get started sure. but 
maybe the ones we're watching in January and February and March. Yeah, it's 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 hard because even last year you had the four Texas teams. You had um, let's see if I can remember who it was last year. It was Texas, Dallas, Mary Harden, Baylor, uh, Trinity, and ETBU. yeah, and and those teams they play each other in that bracket. They're always going to play each other to minimize travel. You're only ever going to get, you know, a couple of teams out of the South. Oglethorpe was able to advance through their regional two years ago. And they're almost always going to be on the road. It's been a long time since they've hosted. So that you have to acknowledge that. But it's been really since 2008 when Howard Payne won the title and Oglethorpe was one of the final four teams that one of the teams from that part of the country has been in the final four. I mean, you've had Christopher Newport when it was technically in the South. It's not really a South region school uh, that was in there. You had um, uh, you've had some other programs, Randolph Macon, if you go farther back, uh, but that of all the regions, the old regions, and now we've got 10 of them. Uh, but of all the regions, that's the one that's been the longest since getting to the final four. And, you know, I think you have a lot of talent there this year, it's going to ma- depend on where they're matched up. Um, you know, there's there's a decent chance they end up on the road in March when we get to that point. But I think you're going to see some really good basketball. Harden Simmons is ranked. Forgot to mention them. I think the ASC is going to be – has got four really good teams. Uh, I think the SAA has three really good teams and Millsaps, Rhodes, and Oglethorpe. Um, and with last year, with so many of the regions really just not playing, you know, nobody or very few people in New England playing – Nobody in New York played. The Pennsylvania teams all started late. It, it gave me a chance to watch more of the basketball in that con- in those conferences in the USA South uh, and really appreciate how good some of those teams are. Yeah, no, that's a good point of, of, of clarifying or, or not even clarifying, but pointing that out because we get to see them, but it's hard to see all of them. You got an opportunity to see some who took advantage of that opportunity. And now, you know, eyes are on them and we'll see how they play play things out. Um Listen, there's there's talk, you know, how good will Oglethorpe be? I think there's some who think they may be better than – and I realize they stubbed their toe coming out of the gate here, but, again, there's going to be a lot of those who do that. Yeah. Um, and we're used to Trinity here. You know, St. Thomas down in Texas certainly has splashed as they've entered Division Three. We'll see how that transitions over time. And, yeah, but I, I'm I'm waiting for these teams to finally break through personally. And this year, really, Gordon, is the, is the year, because I'm going to kind of go backwards here, before we get to the teams like Hope, I want to talk about the teams like Amherst and the like, and the NESCAC and the UAA, who seemingly lost a lot of players. Are we going to see the usual group kind of emerge at the top, or is this the opportunity the South needs and others need to be able to break through because some of those teams just aren't going to come to form this year? I don't know. It's a, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes some of the of those of those teams to come together. Um, you know, Amherst, the last time we saw them uh, had a very different starting lineup. I think they only bring one starter back in Courtney Resch. Uh, I think Tufts brings one or two back. Molly Ryan is really the only player who got significant minutes um, two years ago who comes back. Bowden has a couple, but doesn't have Maddie Hassan. Um, so those three teams who have been, you know, in the top five perpetually and uh, and and often in the, the final four, I think we'll have to see, you know, those those it, it'll be interesting to see how recruited was affected by taking a year off yeah. where there are players who, you know, these these are three schools 
Bowden maybe a little less than the other two, but they have they they definitely have all three of them definitely have a national profile and they draw players from all over the place. That's true of all three schools. Uh, does the fact that they didn't play last year does that impact where people decided to go? Um, you know, the one school who probably uh, is the is the best balanced of the of the of the NESCAC schools that brings back the most is Williams. Williams yeah. brought back I think everybody off or most of the teams players off that team that was the fourth NESCAC team in the final in the Sweet 16 last year. It's easy to forget about them. And if they had come out and gotten, you know, obliterated by Tufts we, in the in the next round, we wouldn't be talking about them. But Maggie Mann and and I think most of Pat Manning's starting lineup for two years ago was back. Now that was a team that finished in fourth in the NESCAC. It didn't beat any of the three teams it played. And it didn't I mean it didn't beat any of the top three in any of the games they played against them. But if they bring that team back and the other teams don't, you know, Williams, maybe Williams is the best team in the NESCAC this year. I, I don't know. But it, it will be interesting to see how long it takes for the teams in that conference to come together, how long it takes for the teams in the UAA to come together. Yeah. Um, it, the the NESCAC, this is they have they have uh, Tufts as number seven. This is the first year since 2012 that they don't have a team in the preseason in the top five. And wow. Uh, even farther back, uh, the UAA does not have a team ranked in the preseason. That has never happened before. Every year, the UAA has had at least one team ranked. As my daughter is just loving, oh, loving the she's loving the attention. <laughs> um, every year, they've had one ranked, and of course, you go all the way back. WashU was ranked number one forever, right? Um, but none ranked this year, and none really even particularly close. Uh, Chicago and NYU kind of split what was there of the UAA vote. Huh. And I think that's just voters just saying, I don't know. You know, you, I don't know what you have back. I don't, I don't know what you have coming in. Fair. Um, you know, those votes are largely uh, um, votes out of, of faith or trust in those programs. And in it's not even the head coach in Chicago's case because they've changed over. Um, but it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for those teams to come together, because I think the only one who played last year was Rochester. Rochester got a couple yes. of games yeah. in case Western and Carnegie Mellon got some, some exhibitions in. Um, but it will be interesting to see how long those teams come together. And they, they traditionally all schedule pretty aggressively. So we'll find out fast. So Amherst opens, uh, I think Amherst opens with, uh, with Oglethorpe in its first weekend. And, you know, the WashU always plays, if not the first weekend, the second weekend in that tournament with, with DePaul who played last year and Illinois Wesleyan who played last year. So, um, and Chicago, when I, when I put their schedule in Chicago seems to be on the, on the non-conference schedule of every good team in the region. So <laughs> if you are a good team within 300 miles of Chicago, you're probably playing them in non-conference. They just play everybody. So um, we'll see how long it takes those programs to come to the other. Do they, you know, we, the men's, the centennial teams didn't play last year. They don't really have a team that would take, have that kind of national profile. Johns Hopkins was the first one out of one of those big conferences that didn't play any games last year who played today and lost on the men's side 64-62 to yeah. a good Christopher Newport. Oh, absolutely. To a good but unranked Christopher Newport team. And so we'll see if it just takes longer for the for the for the really good teams for the conferences who didn't play at all last year to come together. Yeah, no, I it, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. And as much as I don't like it starting on November 5th, the extra yeah. time might be beneficial to some of the teams. Yeah. Well, and then we get to the hopes, uh, and this is the interesting one. We talked to Brian about kind of how his team is absolutely loaded and how that came to be. 
but he's yeah. not the he's not the only coach who's got that. There are some teams yeah. that are absolutely jammed with talent, Gordon. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we yeah. are they and, just going to run away with it, or do you? Do well, you, I mean, we. You know, it's interesting. The one sport that we have that we kind of follow here in the network. Um, where we have a little bit of, of information. Obviously, basketball and football are very different. Uh, but I think, for the most part, the strongest schools in football brought everybody back. They were a year older, uh, which is important. And you have guys who are, and again, this is football, not basketball. I understand there's a difference. But you have guys playing who are 23, 24, 25, 26 years old sometimes. Yeah. And um, I can tell from what, from one school that I, you know, that I see regularly that has a lot of experience, they just tore younger teams apart. It was, I mean, if you are 24, 25, and you're lining up against an 18 year old, that is not a particularly fair matchup uh, or even matchup. It's fair. It's just not even. And, you know, looking at the scores in the other conferences, the Wheatons and the Mary Arden Baylors, the Mount Unions, I mean, they kind of annihilate everybody every year anyway, so maybe it's hard to tell. Um, but I, I think with schools that brought a lot back, Hope brought a lot back, John Carroll brought a lot mm-hmm. back, um, Simpson brought – Jenna Taylor has the has the strange distinction of being uh, up for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award and still playing. Right, <laughs> which, which is, is usually not how that not works. not happen. Um, but yet a lot of players uh, – Leah Springer came back for what would be her – sixth or seventh year now because of injuries and because last year didn't count yeah uh, savannah legate is back i think it's her sixth or seventh year uh, at oglethorpe and and you're gonna have some of these teams um and again a little hard to tell on the women's side because messiah is going to beat four teams in their conference by 30 points anyway um but where you will see it is does anybody challenge it? does yeah. widener stay within 20 points of them does albright stay within 20 points does you know, other than Baldwin, Wallace, and John Carroll, is Ohio Northern able to, com- to compete with these schools? Does, do Alma and Albion, can they stay within 30 points of hope uh, this year? Um, or do those teams just absolutely crush everybody in their path until they see each other sometime in March? Yeah. I, it, listen, I'm, I think it has a potential of being a topsy-turvy women's year, only because there are so yeah. many question marks and unknowns and, and yep. teams are going to come together and – those juggernaut teams, because of the talent back, I'm certainly expecting them to be good. I don't expect them to necessarily trip and fall. But yeah. at the same token, those juggernaut teams could also make this a very quiet season uh, until we get to March. Yeah, I, I think I think that you're gonna there's gonna be games. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're if you're watching basketball in these conferences, you're gonna really want to hone in and when the top two or three teams play each other because I think some of the other games are are gonna get are going to get pretty ugly. Um, but for the most part, the teams seem really eager to get those games and, and in, in the non-conference game. I know last, last year I was joking with folks at the sales that I really wanted to sales and Messiah to play each other. Yeah. They were both won their conference. They were both undefeated. They're on they're, they're in the same corporation in the Mac one's freedom, one's Commonwealth. Uh, neither team was really challenged at all. Yep. Sales, definitely not Messiah, not really either. And I wanted them to play each other, so you could have had one MAC champion in yeah. a year where it would have been a natural old school, sir. One, yeah, one game playoff didn't happen last year, but probably will this year. They're they're both an event; they could end up playing each other this year. Um, 
Scranton always schedules aggressively. They're going to play Baldwin Wallace. Uh, you know, the, the teams seem eager to play those crossover games that they they couldn't get. Um, and you know, I, I think that will you'll get some really interesting games at the beginning of the year, like we had with the Texas event. Uh, you'll get some really interesting games at the end of the year, and and you we may have to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit to follow some of the other conferences. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, although I think I think the CCIW will be very good. I think that will be a very entertaining conference. Um, Illinois Wesleyan did lose basically the player of the year in Kendall Sosa. Um, but always Maya Smith always recruits well. Wheaton brings a lot back. I really like what Milliken has. I have them much higher on my ballot than they are in the poll. <laughs> North Park is pretty good. So that's a conference that will be um, that's a conference that will be very entertaining. The WIAC will be very entertaining. I think the Northwest Conference will have a bunch of good teams. Um, so I'm, I'm, those are the conferences, the NESCAC, of course, where you look forward to getting into conference play. Oh, absolutely. Hey, sir, I could talk to you forever. I know you're busy. I know we don't want to, uh, ruin all of our coverage for the rest of the season right here tonight. I, there's more we could talk about later. Um, so I'll let you go on that, but uh, thanks for giving us at least a little bit of a taste of what sure. we can expect this season. Uh, we'll get you on later in the, sh- in the season, certainly to get, uh, to reassess as it were. Uh, as we get moving along. But as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Oh, it's just nice to be back. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, and, Ryan and I had re- had recorded something for the for the Patreon group talking about the All-Americans, and it was just nice to start a season where you feel like there will be some resolution at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's especially true on the women's side. A lot of the games aren't very close. Um, the biggest games are the crossover games, and, of course, even bigger the ones at the end of the season. Um, and you know, it's not much fun if you're Marietta or Muskingum and you're on the other side of John Carroll, you know, stomping you into the court for, you know, whatever it is, 40 minutes. Um, but it will be nice for the rest of us and nice to see some of these players like Nicole Heffington and Jenna Taylor and Leah Springer and Kennedy Schoonveld and Hannah Geisfeld and all these players who came back for one more year. Um, to see how it really ends so that they don't spend the rest of their life wondering uh, what would I wonder what would have happened if I got a chance to play out that last year. Yeah, no, good point. Very good point. I'm looking forward to that as well. Hey, take care of yourself. Look forward to uh, chatting with you, you down the road, and we'll talk soon. All right, take care. He, he is Gordon Mann. He is senior editor of uh, D3Hoops.com. Appreciate his time, as always. When we come back, Randolph making men's basketball under the spotlight. We'll talk to Josh Merkel about his squad. Coming up on the men's side, their preseason number one, the D3Hoops.com Top 25. You're listening to Hoops Open by D3Hoops.com from the NABC studios. Back with more after this. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Hoopsville as we continue to roll along here on the show. If you've got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. That's Hoopsville at d3sports.com. I keep miss saying that even though it's been several years since we changed it, but that's how that runs. Um, we'll be having who we hope Josh Merkel from Randolph-Macon here coming up shortly. Uh, we're running a little bit behind, so we want to make sure he's good to go to join us. Uh, again, thanks to Gordon coming on the show and chatting about the team uh, or about what he sees in women's basketball. Again, I, I, I really do think we're going to see a little bit more of a topsy-turvy season than we no- normally are used to. The trick is, again, those top-heavy teams, and this is true on the men's side as well, makes it just that much of a question mark. Of course, on the men's side, we've seen so much parity going into what was that, that year that got ended, you know, 2019-2020. Um, the parody was insane. The bracket was insane. Awesome. Um, the final four or the elite eight final four was going to be terrific. The game in Atlanta was most likely going to be terrific. There was nothing wrong about any of it. It all looked great. Um, we just didn't know how it was going to play out. And you then get the pandemic and we come in and I assume the parody will be the same on the men's side. But it is teams that have brought back a lot of that talent that would have either graduated or not transferred or, I mean, pick an, pick an option versus teams that did lose talent, especially out of the UAA and the NESCAC, because those student-athletes do have other things to do. I, I, was, I was calling a Navy game uh, in women's soccer, and one of the players' names looked familiar, and I looked at her roster information for Navy, and it said that her, her brother had played for I think it was Tufts men's soccer and I went wait that's why I know the name and I went and checked I said well wait a minute he should have eligibility left so I went and double checked things and I was right he had three years that he had played and I you know he'd been part of that championship game that I had called back in 2019 and I thought to myself well well he should be back this year right because yes last year they missed out but he probably knew that was coming take gap year or take a grad year whatever the case no he's done 
He's done. He's not playing for a championship this year. He's not on that Tufts team. Um, so three years and he's done. Now, Tufts is still a pretty good soccer team. Uh, but those are those some factors that some some just have that aren't um, aren't involved with being able to continue playing. And so it's great to see some of these players back. They have made some tough decisions to do this. And I'm glad to see it happen for him. Uh, whereas for some others, it's they had to make the tough decision to move on. And, you know, some had jobs already lined up. Some can't afford to go to school any longer. Some can't stay at the school they're at because uh, they may not have the graduate program that works. Thus, you know, not worth the cost on top of that. So, listen, great to see it back. I'm happy to see it back. Things are, are good in that sense. Um, but, I mean, it, it's certainly not easy. And um, I, I'm just – it's going to be fascinating to watch this season how it ends up playing out for a lot of student athletes who came back, but at the same time for the next few years how this all plays out down the road. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, we will take a, another break here momentarily, and when we come back, we will talk uh, Hope men's basketball. Either Pat Coleman or Josh Merck will join us, um, and we will talk about the you know what it, what it is that we're expecting out of men's basketball because I think men's basketball has certainly got some of the more interesting things ahead of us uh, this season, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Ran, you know, Randolph-Macon, Yeshiva, etc., so we'll get get a word from Pat, and we'll get a word from Josh Merkel as well. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoopsville when we return. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. Kyle wouldn't change it to the world. And welcome back to Hoopsville on the season premiere. Uh, as we are calling it the 19th season. I'm sure sometime in our future we'll find out we're wrong on that and we'll readjust accordingly. But uh, we're Cooking along here on the show, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Of course, always NABC, WBCA, D3Hoops.com, Blue Frame Technology. We'll talk more about that at the end of the show as well. 
And thanks to Josh Merkel from Randolph-Macon for appearing. Um, now shift gears. We already heard from Gordon Mann. Great to get his perspective on things in Division Three, mainly women's-esque. Uh, let's shift gears and talk a little bit more on the men's side coming out of that conversation with the Yellow Jackets. Joining me now on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsaw Hotline by a Zoom, I guess, will be official. It is uh, our good friend Pat Coleman from D3Hoops.com, D3Football.com, and everything else in between. Pat, good to have you, bud. Thanks for taking the time and what I know is a busy time for you. Uh, absolutely, right? Obviously a, a super busy time, but, um, you know, it's just, to me, this is just like any other Zoom call I've had for the last 18 uh, months or so. I just know you're not going to assign me any to-dos and I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, what the political ramifications are at my day job. So I'm perfectly happy to have this conversation. It's so much there easier. There you go. I like how you think there, sir. Uh, I, yeah, I promise. Uh, no, no. Uh, by the ways. Uh, well, right. at least not outside the question <laughs> form. Uh, first and foremost, hey, man, we're basketball started. Now, I've already gone into my little tangent earlier in the show about not liking when it started, but that's beside the point. Uh, the calendar is is quirky, and, and sometimes coaches are quirky, but at least we're started. And and the first weekend's already proven to have more than I expected. Even when I looked at things, Pat, I, I, I knew we'd have some you know decent stuff to talk about tonight, but I think there was more to talk about. And, and maybe it's because we're just not used to having this many games. It has been legitimately since – February 2020. Yeah, exactly. It's just fun to, it's fun to log on and see a schedule with, you know, 80 games, something like that. And know that that is just ramping up like a normal, a normal Saturday is more, you know, close to 180 to 200 games in just men's basketball. And then, you know, that plus maybe a little bit more in women's basketball. It's just nice to see so far things are going all right. They went all right. So uh, pretty much in the fall sports too, but the fall sports are outside, right? So, you know, maybe, things are a little bit uh, more forgiving. So I'm, I'm super hopeful, you know, if we continue to get like 95 to 97 to 98% of our games in, in any given day, I think we'll be pretty happy with how the season goes. No, I, I would agree. Um, off to a good start. And again, not expecting perfection this year. I think I'm geared up to know that we're going to get delays. We're going to get postponements and cancellations outside of weather uh, that, that, you know, other things will play a factor. I think the flu, even in my opinion, could play a factor just because I think people will be a little bit more gun shy uh, more than anything instead of just throwing a team out there. And, and I look back, Pat, and, and this is a quick aside, and, and, and it's one that, that's been in my head. You know, did Gettysburg women, when they tailspun at the end of the regular season in 2020, you know, was that the flu or was that COVID? And I only bring that up to say that's the kind of thing that I think will be a little bit different moving forward, that even a flu-like breakout in a team could kind of just put things on pause to make sure things are different. We're, we're just going to be in a different time. And I don't think that's a problem necessarily. Either. No, I mean, absolutely. I, I think that, um, you know, a minor outbreak of seasonal flu or something like that, if, if it can be, now that there are protocols and people have made decisions and conferences have, you know, policies in place and that sort of thing. If there's a possibility to maybe do something like that and not, you know, uh, so like, for example, here uh, in the uh, high school basketball season, which I guess was last year's high school basketball season, because, yeah. yeah, this past March, uh, one of the schools here in the state um, had basically its entire varsity uh, contact traced and was out for a playoff game. And so like the JV played that game um, and, you know, did not do well, but you know, don't want to put, um, you know, college athletes and college standings in a position where that is something that has to happen because now we have some of those things maybe in place and decisions can be made in a more timely and streamlined manner to kind of deal with it. 
Yeah. I mean, as much as things stunk, we're going to have, you know, maybe some better protocols in place in the grand scheme of things. On the men's side, listen, <laughs> Bob and when Bob invited me on his QCast uh, earlier this week, top 25 came up and instantly I just kind of shivered. Um, we, we joke about how tough it is to do the top 25, especially on the men's side. And I know the women's side this year, especially was a little more difficult, but we always joke about it. We talk about how difficult it is. We talk about the challenges, you know, who are the best teams, who are the top 25, man, we didn't know what we were talking about until we hit this preseason 20 <laughs> top 25. This is ridiculous. All the rest cake. Uh, I tell you, going through that spreadsheet and trying to figure out, first off, just who my 25 teams were going to be, and then try to put them in something resembling an order, and then try to figure out, you know, for like the teams that didn't play at all last year, the Swarthmore being a, a real prime example, right? Um, what do I do with that information? You know, what? Do, how do I balance that against, you know, someone like Randolph-Macon that played about a dozen games, someone like Trine who played, and I think more like 18 or 20, someone like Mary Harden-Baylor who essentially played a full season schedule. Right. Um, you know, it is preseason poll has always been a heavy mix of art and science. Yeah. And I felt like this year it was even more art because <laughs> you we're just so one of the things we do is like the we ask the schools to tell us who uh, is back. How many points does this collective group account for compared to last year? Or is it compared to two years ago now, right? That's the question is like, did you count last season as a real season? Well, we invited schools to kind of make that determination for themselves because we didn't want to make a hard and fast rule. Let's say you had to play nine games. Let's say for a, put a random number out there, <laughs> had to play nine games for it to be a legitimate season. Um, we just kind of let schools determine that for themselves. So it's just... Yeah, it's a mess, um, it, but all preseason polls are always messy, and this one will be no different. And I am still trying to hold fast to not having another regular season poll for three weeks. I know uh, Gordon Mann is pushing me in women's basketball to maybe reconsider that, um, but it sounds like chalk held true on a Saturday night, so that's super helpful as well uh, for, for that poll. I just feel like we, this year especially, need more games under our belt. We do not want to have any of that anchoring bias tied to this super, super vague preseason poll. No, I agree with you. And I, I kind of get it's quick aside. I, I understand Gordon's point too. There, there's a long stretch there, maybe right before yeah. Thanksgiving. I, I mean, what I haven't done is what I usually do is go count how many weeks we have, but that's a whole nother tangent. We don't need to get or, it. And one of the things I've done in the past too, is like figure out how many games are actually played in that week. Like the week of Thanksgiving, they're not, you know, obviously there are fewer, right? There's no games on Thanksgiving proper, right? And uh, right. all those ones on Wednesday should not be played at all. Remember what a disaster that is. That's a, that's a, um, you know, as bad as it is amateur night out in the, uh, the drinking establishments on that day before Thanksgiving, mm. almost all of those games on Wednesday and even the Tuesday before Thanksgiving are just like trap game upset city ripe for the picking. No, you're, you're totally right. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm thinking I, about I Turkey right now and it's three weeks away. Yeah. And again, another reason I don't like the calendar this year, but um, yeah, it, it, trap games aplenty. But on top of that, Pat, listen, we, there's so many what ifs and unknowns and huh. And, you know, I've talked about it before. You know, you look at a team like a Swarthmore who knew the year was going to be gone. So they took all gap years for the most part and being a little generic. And now they come back. Great. We know the power that they come back to. There's still some question marks anyway, but it's also been essentially two seasons. Like, can they gel like they did in the past with new players on top of that or a trine? How much was it smoke and mirrors? And I'm not trying to pick on trying. I'm just 
it's an easy example. Wheaton was another one I used with, on Bob's QCast. Was it timing that they played teams? Was it smoke and mirrors? And I'm not trying to, to take away from what they did last year. It's just that I don't know what to make of anything we saw last year. And then we're trying to extrapolate from two years ago on top of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you go back to the last full season of trying, right? It was 16 and 12, eight and six in the conference. And then last year in the shortened year, 17 and one, uh, five and oh. Um, and I look at that, you know, obviously it's five and oh in the official conference standings, but all but about three of those games, including that season finale against Randolph-Macon, they were all against MIAA teams. And that's the other thing about using last year as an example, right? Uh, you know, Mary Harden-Baylor had a really great year, um, but basically exclusively against teams in the ASC. Now, you might point out that that's not unusual, that the rest of their schedule is usually like that every other year also. But in, you know, this specific case, there were just a lot of conferences that had little to no non-conference play. So how do you then really validate what that 17 and one means, or for that matter, you know, what the 12 and 0 or whatever it was for Randolph Macon means. I, it's just, it is, it, it's, I, if you were to create a, an algorithm to try to predict these things, like if you were trying to massy rating off of last year, I would just think don't almost get, you know, wait last year as like 10% at best. I just don't know what to, don't know what to make of it. No, I'm, I, I agree. Is there, was there anybody you, I don't want to single out anybody, but did you have a group that, that you felt comfortable with? Did you have a top 25 you felt most of a little bit was solid? Or did you just have a concophony of teams, a cornucopia of teams that you just didn't really know what to do with? Well, you're asking me this a couple of week, uh, couple of weeks after I posted, but since sure. I have the voting software up because it's a D3 football voting day, I'm just going to go and uh, here as I'm stalling for real time, look at my ballot, which was filed on October 14th. And I've got your, uh, you know, I go right away. I mean, my, my number two team is someone who didn't play last year. My number two team is Emory. Um, and I obviously big questions about that, right? But it's uh, Macon, Emory, Yeshiva, and then, you know, a bunch of teams that played. Uh, and then Swarthmore at eight and then Hopkins at 10 and Tufts at 11. But it's just like, I basically, you know, uh, you and I have talked quite a bit about the times in the season where you throw out your existing poll and completely reevaluate re and start from scratch. I am fairly certain that on November 28th, I will be doing that as well. And, you know, the nice thing is that some of these teams have pretty big games between now and then, like, you know, we're going to see. Emory play in some pretty significant games, yeah. I believe, before we vote again, um, you know, and then shortly thereafter, I mean, eventually we will see Yeshiva play somebody who's nationally relevant. I mean, there's a, the, they're playing somebody, that's a, that's a top, that's a number three versus number four matchup on my ballot. It won't come until the end of December between Yeshiva and Illinois Wesleyan, but, you know, just kind of looking forward to those sorts of things. We will get a lot of this data. Um, we will get these results. I don't know that necessarily we'll, um, it might be a while before we learn a whole lot about Swarthmore because a, I mean, they haven't even played yet. They'll play this uh, weekend up at Scranton at that tournament and hopefully they get to play Scranton. Um, but man, I mean, there's not a lot on that schedule either. That is something that's going to be a harbinger of national success. Shall we say? I, uh, you know, that one is one of those that brings up the other thought for me, Pat, is we're going to see a little bit of a difference in, in scheduling, in travel. Listen, well, not, for Swath to... not, not for Swarthmore. I mean, they famously are not going to go anywhere no. overnight outside of no, Philly. No, but I, I felt like we we're starting to see a little bit of a of, of maybe a different choice in teams. But but I've seen in others. It just kind of triggers in others. Listen, we're going to be in Vegas. We're looking forward to 19 
team showing up there in over three days. Uh, Woo! wants to do the math. It's seven, seven, five, the breakdown. Yeah. Um, oh, we will be breaking down. All right. Oh, we will be breaking down. Uh, don't expect any greatness on that third day. Uh, actually, you shouldn't expect greatness anyway. Um, but I, I digress. Um, so, and, and we know there's, there's some matchups again, you, you mentioned Yeshiva, Illinois, Wesley, and there are some of those. And so the heart, the, the, the greatness of the, of pre pandemic of travel and challenging and all that is still there, but I feel like it's a little bit more caution. It's a little bit less this season. And I'm not surprised by this because there's still either school restrictions in place or concerns that do we really go that far and all these other factors in play that I think what that's going to create is some interesting conversations late in the year of, huh, we didn't get the matchups we normally get here to maybe make decisions on top 25, on regional rankings, on at-large bids and stuff like that. I mean, that's certainly interesting and certainly possible, right? I mean, uh, there was a lot of discussion over the course of the past month or so as the Amherst schedule was just kind of trickling out, one opponent at a time would post their schedule, right? Um, and we, you, so you could fill in the Amherst pieces of it there. Um, and the Amherst men traditionally will go somewhere over the over the holiday between Christmas and New Year's or sometime in that late December time frame and go play somebody. And they do not have that this year. They're playing at home on New Year's Eve against Babson. They're playing at SUNY Old Westbury a few days earlier, but they're not going to Florida, um, which I think it, I remember if I remember correctly, that's maybe where they traditionally went. And of course, you know, is that a COVID thing? Is that a, you know, a new coach thing, right? Is Marlon Sears not the, not his, it's not the, not, not, is that not the way he wants to do things? Um, who knows? We are, uh, uh, this could still be, right, some decisions will be made slightly differently this year. But I think that, you know, if we have 11,000 games, as we famously do, then we're going to have probably about 10,820 of them actually get played. And you know, that'll be the, that'll be the win this year. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be it. Um, anything from the first weekend that caught your eye? I don't want to put you too much on the spot. If there's nothing, that's fine. I just enjoyed the fact that there were games. Uh, I also had to adjust, to be honest with you, Pat, to paying attention that there were games. Because at one point, I think it was Friday, and I think I even did it on Saturday. I kind of picked up my phone. I went, oh, there's a lot of Twitter. Oh, darn it. <laughs> that's yeah. right. I got right. Twitter alerts because there's games. Right, like UW Lacrosse playing Methodist at two thirty Eastern on, right. uh, on Friday afternoon, something like right. that. That was a uh, that was a nice, pleasant surprise, I guess. Shall we say? Um, obviously, it's a good weekend for lacrosse. You start off two and zero. You know, you go out and um, you know, I don't know what to make of Methodist this year, but we usually think sure. Virginia Wesleyan is fairly decent. Um, at Virginia Wesleyan's uh, twenty nineteen or twenty 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 one was a little bit of a was a little bit of a wash, but that's a good start for them. Um, you know, Randolph Macon got a, maybe a little more tested than they thought they might. Um, Fair. and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing more results and more results and more results come in and kind of figure from there. I think that's, those are the sure. things that jumped out to me in the early going. Yeah. And again, it, it, for me, I don't know about you, Pat, and I know you've already got football. That's kind of, um, kind of opened the door and gotten you into the, into the role with things. And I, and I've had my sports responsibilities, you know, with McDaniel, with soccer, which was added this year and some other things. So I've gotten into a little bit of habit of what I'm doing, but I'm not in the habit yet of going, okay, hold on. Let me open up my laptop. Let me go check out some games. Let me pull up the big screen. Let me go check out some games. Let me go sit in the office and watch a few things or go do some research. I'm not, I'm not back in that mode yet. And it's funny how things just were routine 
and got blown up completely. And now I'm like, oh, wow. Instead of sitting here just doing nothing, I really should go down on the computer. I'm, it's going to take yep. a little while to get back into the, into the swing of things, I think. Yeah. And in, in, in fairness and in deference to you, it is November 7th, right? It is still, yeah, maybe to me, a it's little still bit, not the start, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's a, it's a little bit early to expect yourself to be fully in that. And to yeah. be honest with you, we're going to have to do this from now through the end of March, right? Maybe just feel free to take it just a little bit easy. Uh, football. Yeah. Football. It was not super difficult to get back into the swing. Football also just has that relentless 16 weeks every Saturday kind of thing. Right. Um, and it is a rush of, it's like a, it's almost like an NCAA tournament every Saturday, basically for us in football, there are all these games intensely going on at the same time. And we treat them that way. Uh, the D three football.com team, um, we are posting in-game updates. We brought in a person to post in-game updates, super happy about, and try to, um, apply that to D three hoops.com as well. Thanks to the Patreon subscribers Mm -hmm. and, uh, that sort of thing. So. And from that sense, it was not super difficult to get in. Yeah, but also I think too, Dave, I, if I remember correctly, sometimes the season didn't ramp up quite as quickly as this one is. Like it was a fairly full schedule here this Friday, Saturday. No, and that's I what I was like expecting. That, so I think you're right. Yeah. No, I, I was really expecting a, a slow weekend here. And in reality, we got a bang. And so, no, I think you have a point there. I think people are eager to get out there and do stuff. I think also too, you know, maybe now that we've had this for several years, schools are finally scheduling to it, right? And trying to fill more of those weekends rather than, you know, kind of you would have your normal schedule that would start the uh, weekend before Thanksgiving. And maybe we'll play like one game on a Tuesday night before that. Now it's like we are playing those tournaments the weekend before or the two weekends before. And, um, you know, if there are, COVID issues or protocols or anything like that. And you have to drop a game or, you know, have to delay a game sometime later in the season, you know, maybe you've got some buffer now, if you've managed to schedule things out and space them out a little better. Great point. That, that's actually a really good point because now you've got a little bit of time in December if the school allows even early January, maybe depending on conference schedules to get that extra game in maybe. Um, and, and, you know, the only thing I won't jump into this bandwagon, but the conference is moving games earlier into November. That bugs me, but, you know, uh, hopefully conferences can can think twice about it. But I also could understand the premise. They're trying to build some time in to, to make up in case they have to. Dave, and also, let's be honest with you, we want these kids to be in the classroom, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as much <laughs> as we the... do want cross-country travel, that's a great point. And I hear yeah. that a lot from some. They're like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pull off X, Y, Z, whatever they're trying to pull off. Um, because I can't be leaving on a Wednesday or I can't be leaving on a Thursday. And And right, as much as we preach or I shouldn't say preach, as much as we want to see cross-country, as much as we want to see these opportunities to see these battles that we don't get to see every once in a while, we also fully appreciate that students need to be in the classrooms and we can't be taken away from that time. And so how do you make that work? And that's where December usually becomes the the party bus, as it were, uh, in terms of everybody traveling around and having a blast. And we're sitting there going, oh my gosh, look who's playing in California and stuff like that. So well, now um, they should be preparing themselves to drive 600 miles in a bus. You should just yeah, steal yourself for the postseason that way. Yeah, get ready for 600 miles is uh, not for for a regional game. They're not changing that, but for as you said, traveling by a bus to a bracket. We'll certainly talk a lot about that in in February. Um, you mentioned football. It, get, if for anybody who's not following, or do you want to give us at least a synopsis of where you guys stand? What's on the what's on the table ahead for not not only D three football as a website, but obviously uh, the sport as it were. 
Yeah, and the, the sport of football is coming down to its final regular season week. We just had the penultimate week, week 10 on Saturday. Week 11, we still have, I think, about 11 automatic bids uh, yet to be handed out. And then Selection Sunday is a week from today, November 14th. Uh, playoffs are those five consecutive weekends. And then we end with the Stag Bowl in Canton, Ohio, which I'm super excited about because, um, you know, this is in conjunction with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The stadium is way too big for this, but if Mountain Union is playing in the game, then we should expect to see, you know, maybe eight to 10,000 people at a Stag Bowl. Mountain Union, you know, famously went out in the second round the last time that we had a playoff and they lost uh, their head coach since then. So I don't know that it's nearly as guaranteed to, that Mountain Union will be playing in the Stag Bowl the way you might have said in the aughts or certainly right. in the 90s. But, you know, this is the busy time of year for us. All the stuff that we do on D3 Hoops, we do on football and maybe we even do more of it because there's only 32 teams instead of 128 going to the playoffs. So, like, you'll expect to see a team preview or a team capsule on each playoff team we'll have uh, our regular around the nation columnists and a bunch of features and you know our scoreboard on that first playoff saturday is the place to be and then we are also i'm going to say this here although we have had just one half of one discussion of it so far that we are going to do the football version of the whip around on that first weekend of the football playoffs but we have not like uh, finished up or uh, buttoning up all the permissions and stuff that we need to do yet we just have an intent to do it so hopefully the, the small crossover audience between Hoopsville and uh, D3Football.com will uh, will get to see that. You get the you get the first here. I'll be honest. If if calendar and uh, and and other things work out, uh, that'd be fun to bring back. I've got some great ideas for it. But let's we gotta get for hoops. We gotta get much further down the road, and I gotta see if I'm even available. Whip it um, good. It shouldn't. And by the way, quick aside for all you out there, if you're not fully aware, fall sports for the most part championships. Uh, brackets will be announced on Monday. Football, as Pat said, has got one more week. I think cross country might be buttoned up, but I never, I lose track of cross country. But everybody else, the soccer's and the field hockey's and the volleyballs, they're wrapping up this weekend uh, yep. in conference championships. Pat, you, you mentioned Patreon earlier. You, you I, I, you got to keep pushing that. And so please give us uh, the usual spiel in case there's somebody out there who just isn't aware of, of, of the program for, for the D3 sports brand. Yeah, the short version of it is, is Patreon is like a, a service that allows you to kind of subscribe to content providers or content producers. Um, and so we have been using this platform now for uh, almost a year to, it helps sustain us through the pandemic. You know, when we did not have a football season last year, it put the entire uh, operation in jeopardy because, you know, football drives the bus. Uh, it drives it more than 600 miles, going to be honest with you. It drives this bus all the way through March. And into May and June, it helps drive D3 hoops and D3 baseball. So, yeah, exactly. Not having that would have been a significant problem if we had people, great people step up and donate. You know, it could be a small amount a month. It could be a large amount a month, uh, anywhere from three to 50. We have a bunch of people at both of those, uh, both of those levels. And so those people get access to some bonus content, and we're very thankful for them. And we've also used that money to... Uh, like I said, beef up our scoreboard presence on football, and we will be doing some of that in basketball as well. This is a crazy time of year in basketball because every time that there is a in-season tournament, it's basically me or Gordon or Ryan Scott, and that's in the wrong order because I'm usually the last one to do this. Uh, in and November. I'm even further behind you because I forgot we had basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who then has to go in and take, okay, the results of all those Friday games. What is this TBA game now that's on Saturday? Who is who is Marietta actually playing? Right. Who is Randolph Macon actually playing that sort of thing? Um, and then often, you know, we have to delete a redundant game because they're playing each other or whatever. Um, that is uh, that's a very significant 
heavy lift that goes on behind the scenes that you guys out there in the audience never see. And uh, we have to do it. We're getting help for that. Um, you know, we'll continue to do content uh, from a, uh, you know, from a written standpoint is the words I'm trying to say. Columns and features. Those are the things. Um, and that sort of thing. So it makes those things happen. And, uh, you know, we're just very thankful to uh, people who have done that so far. You can do that at patreon.com slash D3 sports. But if you find that the regular recurring subscription model is not your thing, uh, go to D3 sports.com slash help. And you can get presented with a, a thing that's more like for a one-time donation and a lot of created, basketball. Oh I yeah. I didn't realize you created the help slash. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I should say this too. I mean, obviously the football people have been great, but the basketball people also really good with this last year. Uh, we got some very thoughtful uh, donations, some from schools, even from men's basketball, women's basketball programs themselves, uh, which was very helpful. And again, you know, a lot of our costs went away because we weren't traveling to games, but a lot of them did not, you know, the, the server is a fixed cost, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, it, it enabled us to still be here today on November 7th of 2021. Yeah, well said, sir. And, and indirectly, I'll talk about this in a bit. The uh, Patreon also assists on Hoopsville. I, I can talk in more detail later. We won't, we won't drag Pat through that uh, here. Hey, sir, really appreciate the time. I know you got a ton going on today. So I appreciate you coming on, popping on for a pre-tape here uh, for tonight's show. Really appreciate it. And as always, appreciate the support you give us as well. Uh, as always, despite oh. others who like to attempt to steal, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuned in? <laughs> Oh my. Well, I don't mind uh, anybody who says the, the guests can have the final word. Although no. I never remember to prepare uh, something like this for this opportunity. <laughs> you know, you've known for years. I have known. It's gone on for quite a while. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I just, uh, I'm like I said, thankful that there's basketball. Uh, I will say this. We are making a renewed effort this year to try to get scores, box scores, stats, game stories from conferences and schools that have not done this in the past there are if you look at the scoreboard on you know a saturday night and you see unreported scores from the afternoon those are schools that haven't posted them to us yet and obviously they have them on their own sites and that sort of thing but to get them into the presto network and get them on our website requires work on our part and we can't then you know drag a box score off of their site and drop it in that's not physically possible to just steal that xml file um let alone you know put together a game story so we are really reliant on the sports information directors and this being, you know, thank your SID week um, is even more important for us to be recognizing this as well um, because, you know, SIDs are overworked, overwhelmed. Maybe you've got hockey, maybe you've got division one hockey for goodness sake and your division three basketball team and, and reporting to D three hoops.com kind of falls by the wayside. Um, so we're like reaching out to coaches and saying, Hey, this is the situation in your area, whether you're Liberty league or empire eight or president's athletic conference or a handful of other conferences where we don't get stuff on a regular basis. Like we would really, <laughs> Dave, you should know these things. If not ask Ryan Scott, he knows better. Oh, than I know. I I'm just documenting. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we want to have, we want to have that data. Everybody who, everybody who I've talked to, especially in the last 18 months, basketball, football, everybody has said, this is a really great resource and we need to keep it going. I agree but we need to make it a better resource also. And we make it a better resource by having more participation from schools, more participation from sports information directors. We get those scores, we get those boxers. Then we can promote those guys too in our uh, nightly wrap-ups, which we do uh, multiple times a week. Um, and then also, frankly, 
just getting those guys' names in front of us on a regular basis is going to help you in March when you want to promote them for all region and all American. Like it's much easier if we already know, um, you know, who this uh, power forward is from Skidmore or whatever on, you know, in November and December, and we're not just, you know, hearing about them in the background and then seeing the final results in February and March. And, and we should point out, we're not trying to take away from the other websites uh, and the, the athletics websites of those in institutions. We're just trying to actually help even leapfrog towards those institutions because a lot of times people end up on our website and go, wait, what, what did Gettysburg do? And I'm not picking on Gettysburg. They're usually pretty good, but click. And now they're over at your place perusing as well. We have linked to athletic websites for literally 24 years. Yeah, um, absolutely. We love to have links back. But we have, uh, we're trying to, it's like a collective, uh, it's a collective source of information. Uh, yeah. Think of it like the Associated Press is basically that way. It is a collective of information sent in, in that case, by local newspapers, local news gathering organizations that go into that pot and then is redistributed out. We feel like we're trying to do the same model. Um, we are providing schools the opportunity to just copy paste. I mean, we're not, you know, Gordon and Ryan and Dave and I are not going into the back end and then edit, editing it or editorializing over the top of it. I mean, that stuff goes on there. Like there's an SEO impact. If you guys are, you know, into, uh, you know, how to get your sites and your data better seen in search engines, uh, it links directly to you. The little links on people's names on their bios, right? In a, in a, in a game story, those are auto linked on your website. You paste them onto our website. Those are all links that go to you. They don't come to us. And we don't, we're, we're great sending the traffic out to you because, you know, you are still the primary source of, you know, um, uh, Tigers basketball. I, I tried to pick as generic a name as possible now this time, <laughs> rather sure. than calling out a specific school or a specific conference. Right. Hey, sir, I really appreciate it. I know, again, you are busy and this is a crazy time for you. So I appreciate you being willing to come on the, the show here and, and get things rolling for us. And uh, I'll look forward to chatting with you down the road. Enjoy the rest of the football season. And uh, uh, at worst case, guess what? We'll have a beer or a drink of some kind right after Christmas. Sushi, right? Ooh, I don't mind. A little sushi, right. maybe a little, maybe a little late so. night I meal. I think that's our usual, that's one of that our is, usual that's hangouts. That's usually our kickoff. Yeah, right. First night is sushi. Yeah. Second night is that other place. Whatever then, we get when the games are over. <laughs> right. And then the third night is when we might actually get to leave the hotel and see something, uh, see some other restaurant oh. of some sort. Oh, that, Looking forward to it, though. I won't, uh, I won't spill all of our Las Vegas restaurant secrets here. On the no, air. but we will, we will definitely be talking more about that tournament in the next few weeks, for sure, as we get closer. Hey, Pat, Sounds thanks good. very much. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Dave. He is Pat Coleman from D3Football.com, D3Hoops.com, D3Sports.com. You name it, he is there with the dot-coms, and we appreciate him taking the time. When we come back, we wrap up the show. We talk about what our plans are for the season. We're talking about our plans, our hopes for the season, and how you can maybe help us with all of that. Somebody out there, I'm sure, can. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. Back with more after this. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. It's on us. It's on all of us. 
and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Welcome to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on our Sunday evening, and yes, we will hit into overtime here as we still have our one last guest to come on the show. A little bit of a delay there. And then, uh, as I promised in the last segment that we pre-taped with Pat, we will uh, kind of wrap everything up and talk about um, just some of the impacts of the show, what you can expect this season from us, how you can help us this season, all of that stuff here uh, on the way. Coming up here shortly, uh, we will hear from Josh Merkel. Um, from Randolph-Macon, head basketball coach for the number one team there. We'll talk to him here momentarily about his squad. Um, again, if you've got any last-minute questions, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. D3, no, I do it again. Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. It's just, it's just, just easy trigger for me. Um, so, yeah, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. It's scrolling at the bottom of the screen. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Number of you listening to us live, really appreciate that. Hope you're enjoying the archive if you are as well. And, of course, if you're listening to the um, podcast, we appreciate you taking the time to do that as well. Um, so men's basketball, certainly a, a lot to discuss there. And, and who's going to be on top? Who's going to be everywhere? Who's going to be um, – who's back who's loaded? Who's back who's maybe got transfers? Who's back with a lot of question marks but maybe better? Again, Christopher Newport, I had a lot of questions. They beat John, Johns Hopkins today, who didn't play a game last year. I mean, we're going to have a lot of what-ifs, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think what we did see last year was that some teams are just going to remain good, and one of those is Randolph Macon. Join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline from his cozy home. It is Josh Merkel joining us. Sir, as always, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time. Second of all, I can't believe you're awake. Uh, you just had a baby. Uh, you are crazy. You've been making the media rounds, as it were. I, usually we're the only ones come calling. I've noticed a number of come calling. So I'm surprised you even have a, a voice left le to join us. So thanks for taking the time, sir. Well, thanks, 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 and everything that you guys do and have been doing for the longest. And so always an honor to talk to you, man. I enjoy it. And, uh, as, as most people probably know, when you have a baby, you actually, you don't sleep at all. So, yeah. um, 
last night was fun and interesting and I know I'm not alone. So, uh, no one feels sorry. It's, um, it, it is a blessing. It's been fun. So, well, yes, I have got two kids. Uh, I don't know if I want another ever again, um, for varying <laughs> reasons. I've got a man, uh, a boy and a girl, so I'm, I'm good, yeah. but they are a blessing and they are, they are a riot as well. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I do have questions, sir. The baby's name you tell me is Micah Anthony, uh, your best player on the team. <laughs> Interestingly enough, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, don't don't quote me, but I believe is Buzz Anthony. I'm just saying. Yeah. Was there a deal? Yeah, he, come back. I'll name my kid after you. What what was going um, on? It's, it's funny. We have three three boys. So Mason, Maddox, and Micah. All middle names are Anthony. My middle name is Anthony. My dad's middle name is Anthony. Okay. Just so happens that uh, Buzz' last name is also Anthony. We have a little of that with the Charleses and the Thomases between our two families. But I now understand how Buzz came to Randolph-Macon. You simply said, listen, I get the Anthony thing. Come and, come and play for me. So it was the, it was the other way around. Well, and, and also with a name like Buzz, you know, you got to play for oh. a yellow jacket or a wasp or something. So Yeah, we just thought that was the obvious one. We just didn't realize the right. true nature of the, of the deal. <laughs> hey, um, first and foremost, obviously things are off and running. You guys got to win over Carnegie Mellon. Um, we're, we're, we're heading into what should be a – normal season but you guys also had that kind of quirky year last year i'm kind of curious because you had a lot of talent on the table for 1920 had a lot of talent on the table for 2021 there weren't all those guarantees that any of them would return especially to an instant institution like randolph macon just considering the circumstances mm -hmm. did you feel any pressure last year did you feel any pressure this year that you need to get some things done and take advantage of a, of the opportunity, or are you just playing with the cards you're dealt? Mm, that's a great question, Dave. I, I don't even – it's hard to say now what I was feeling then other than great gratitude when, when Buzz and David Funderburg, um, two of our three seniors, made the decision to come back and make that work. So I know for me that that made – the COVID year a lot a lot easier as, as you and anyone who knows our team or knows Buzz and, and Fundy understand. I mean, those guys are just terrific, not only great basketball players, but awesome guys and leaders and people. So to be able to coach them for another year and be around them and have them impact our group was awesome. Uh, Lorenzo Woods uh, chose to forgo that that fifth year and uh, is getting his master's in accounting at William & Mary, too good to pass up. And so he's, uh, you know, joining the real world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like anything, it's you want to, uh, you know, get the most out of what you have and, and knowing that we've got some special guys and a special group. Uh, you, you just want a chance to play games and have some closure and at least see what happens. Yeah, sure. By the way, you should also point out uh, you played Hood. I uh, got that game under your belt, 84-63 yesterday as well. Wish I could have gotten out there for those games in Frederick. Uh, cards weren't part of that uh, equation. Um, what, so what are your expectations coming in? Yeah, you're preseason number one. You Again, I joke about all the media attention you're getting, but you are. I mean, you're talking to Cats on NCAA, and uh, this guy named Bob Quillman gives you a call. You're chatting with him. But my point is that you guys have a noticeable, hey, look at Randolph Macon on your back right now. And, and not that it makes it any tougher in the ODAC than it already is, but everyone knows who you are at this point. Um, mm hmm you finished last year as the number one. You, you you had that that run to the Sweet 16 as a as a top team, uh, one of the top teams in the country the the year before. What do you expect for this year? Are, are are you just going for the ride and enjoying it? And I'm not trying to take away. I'm just saying, 
Yeah. What are your expectations? What What are your yeah? Uh, you know, and as as you know, and you talk to many coaches, I don't I don't know if enjoying as you go through the ride is the right word. I think please <laughs> never satisfied. You're, you're just one day at a time, just trying to get better and, and stay one step ahead of uh, maybe the enemy or the posse, so to speak. Sure. So, um, uh, but but I am you know I think after the COVID season, there's a lot of gratitude just for the use of the locker room and, and the things that maybe we took for granted. So I, I am enjoying just being out there with the guys and um, you know, every year is a new journey and a new group. And so seeing this group develop their identity and come together and new guys making plays uh, and seeing how those older guys evolve in their, their new seats uh, on the bus. So um, that, that part has been really enjoyable and, and a lot of fun. And, you know, the noise, like, like a lot of things, I mean, it's nice to be well thought of, but that's not why we do it. And, uh, you know, we, we want to be the best team that we can be. I know my biggest fear is just underachieving with, you know, with the group that we have. Um, we want to max out what we have. And, and to do that, you got to just be all in, commit and um, be there for each other. And we'll see where that takes us. Uh, but, yeah, we just we got to keep getting better and not worry about that other stuff. And I'm sure, Dave, do you know any preseason number ones that finished the national champ like uh, our guys always say, like, I couldn't tell you who the preseason number one was two years ago, but we know who won the national championship. And, and that's the main thing is um, giving ourselves a chance to be in that game or or play as long as we can. A handful have done it. Uh, Wisconsin Stevens Point comes to mind. Uh, women, it's more common, certainly, but not the men, certainly. Right. Um, I, I'm curious when I look at things, you know, you, you look at what you guys are doing at the start of the season. Obviously, the ODAC is going to be a grinder. We'll get to that in a bit. I am curious your take on how things will be in that conference. But when I look at things in, in the non-conference, you, again, start off with Carnegie Mellon, UAA, usually a pretty decent team. You get Hood. Hood's been streaky but can be good. Mary Washington's always had some potential, especially with their head coach. Then you get Emory and you get Marietta while you're at the Great Lakes event in Marietta. Then you're going to get New Jersey City and Christopher Newport when you're down in Newport News. Oh, and then you're going to go into conference play with Virginia Wesleyan and Roanoke before uh, doing a, a uh, an at-home event where you'll at least see Rosemont, and then we'll talk about the conference. I'll, be, I'll admit, that's that's not an easy stretch to start things off. You're You're not shying away from anyone. Yeah, well, thanks, Dave. I, 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 we're excited. You know, I mean, you want it to be the best. You want to play the best. You want to be at, be at your best when your best is needed. And uh, th- those teams give us a chance to get better. I think the ODAC is a beast, and we need as many opportunities for growth uh, and learning as we can, and you get that from challenge. And so uh, I'm thankful for the schedule we have. Uh, I hope I'm still saying that in, in a month. But um, <laughs> it, it really has been. I mean, the mindset, and, and I learned this from Nathan Davis, was that you, you, you just want to go out and play the best teams that you can to challenge your team, help them to grow through it. And I know from – let's just take from Coach K and Johnny K down at CNU. I mean, those battles with him and his team and just watching film of his team leading up to those games I, I always helps me grow as a coach. And so you multiply that by the other good teams on our schedule, and uh, it, it helps us towards the end of the year. Listen, I'm not expecting an undefeated season, but my question is – do you expect that you'll take blemishes or do you expect that you're going to take your losses and that's okay as long as whatever it is, or are, are you going in going, no, listen, we've got the capabilities with the team here to, to, to make a run or 
I mean, what's the reality? I mean, when you're in that locker room, what's the reality with things versus, you know, what we all dream of? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, we have a great opportunity in front of us and we have the pieces. We have the talent, uh, you know, so there's nothing to shy away from. I think, you know, we, we have what it takes. We've been in big games before. We've got a number of guys that have been tested. And, uh, you know, if anything, some things that have maybe held us back before is, is that belief that we could, you know, maybe win the big one or win any game. Um, and, and I don't know if that was in the last year or so, but, but a few years ago. So I think, uh, yeah, we don't want to shy away from it. Um, we feel like we can play with anyone. Doesn't mean we will win all the games on our schedule. Uh, we got lots of work to do. We're still building our defensive identity, but um, I'm seeing growth and, and improvement from guys. And if we can keep developing that, love to see where that takes us as, as we head into the, you know, the grind of it and even into late February, see where we're at. How hard is it to, to recruit and to scout when, when there's so many unknowns this year? It's always a challenge to recruit, you know, because you're going after the best guys that you can get that didn't uh, that didn't dream of playing for Randolph Macon that want to play at the highest level. Um, but we've got a great track record and we've continued to, although we might not be the first choice, uh, we've got some unbelievable guys that, that by the end of it love the decision that they made. Um, yeah, always a challenge that uh, you need to embrace or, or you won't be very good or, or doing it for very long. Yeah, I didn't ask that the way I should have asked it. I should have asked it. How hard is it to recruit when guys returning, yep. staying that extra year? Also, you know, maybe some of those juniors and sophomores will want to stay an extra year too. So this is a trickle down of three, four years down the road. How hard is that to recruit with when you just don't know what exactly the roster will look like from year to year? And especially going yep. into this year, not knowing if Buzz Anthony and those guys were necessarily going to come back. Right, right. Well, and this, this is Buzz's fifth and David's fifth. So those guys, we know they're going to be gone. But um, I, I think for us, without grad school and with basketball spanning both semesters, I think it's fair to say, you know, for, for the most part with our guys, it's going to be tough to get a guy back for a fifth year. I think some other schools will be in a different boat. Um, and, and, you know, maybe to back to that question, just we, we have a lot to sell and, and a lot of things that um, I think attract guys to the program. So from that sense, um you know, maybe not as much of a challenge. And again, because we don't have the grad school, we may not have to deal with that as much as some yeah. other schools. Well, and then to the, the one I kind of ha- somehow merged into the same question with ways I don't know how. How do you, how hard is it to scout games and, and to look ahead at opponents again, based on the knowledge of you don't know how everyone's going to gel. You don't know how a transfer might make an impact on a team and all of that. Do does the video lie? I guess is kind of what I'm getting. Like, how hard is this going to be this season? Do you think? Uh, you know, um, the video usually doesn't lie, but but I will say, um, we, we've talked about it before. Where the team that sometimes you see on film, you know, let's just say, and, and we've played some teams. I know when I was the let's say the underdog, we're playing the number one team, and maybe you got a different animal um, that night. And I do think there's some of that, um, but but. When it comes to scouting, I mean, we, we, we work hard to be as prepared as we can. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's about us more than anything. You know, just that John Wooden approach of we, we've got to focus on us and our defensive principles and impose our will on the game. And if we can do that, uh, then, then we have a chance. Uh, ODAC, uh, definitely one of the tougher conferences, as everyone knows, in the country. And, and I just have this feeling it's almost like a sleeping giant this season. I, I, again, maybe because of the unknowns, 
You guys are the preseason number one. Roanoke, the preseason number two with Clay Nunley and his squad down there coming off of an interesting COVID season themselves. Virginia Wesleyan, Dave's got his squad lurking again, it feels like. Lynchburg, Guilford, WNL. I, I feel like there's some below that we're not keeping an eye on. Maybe you got a better sense of this. Is this conference back to that really deep, someone in the bottom is going to beat someone on the top? Or do you think you guys and the rest can separate yourselves a little? No, I think like any year, the the, the bottom group, uh, you can lose to anybody in this league if you don't bring it. And, and that's been proven time and again. Uh, just really good coaches, getting really good players and and getting guys that are committed. So you, you've got to bring it every night. And um, but but certainly like some of the, the those top teams, I mean, I'm still upset that that Dave and his group didn't didn't get in the tournament a few years ago, a couple years ago. Yeah. Before COVID, um, you know, still bothered by that and, and uh, thought the ODAC deserved a little bit more respect in that sense. Um, Clay Nunley, you know, it's like always going to be a top 10 defense. Tom Balombo and Guilford, like a top 10 defense in the country. So, yeah, I mean, there's just some battles that. Um, that, that we're going to be having, that everybody's going to be having. We're going to be beating up on each other just like they do in the Big Ten and, and those type of leagues, and uh, and that's exciting. Yeah, I know our guys are geared up for those games. I know those other players and teams are as well, um, but but it's certainly a, a battle and a lot of respect for the coaches in this league. I should know the answer. That I'm quickly checking. Yeah. Did you guys, because you have an off-balance schedule, and the reason being so that the 13 teams that were in the conference don't destroy each other uh, and not have any chance to play outside the conference, but losing the conference member to, to D two, did that free mm-hmm. up a game or two for you guys? Or did it not make, did the conference schedule not end up really changing at all? Uh, it, it freed up. Well, we still have the 16 league games. Okay. I, I guess so I should say. Okay. So, so it didn't yeah. technically free up anything, but in any, no, in any we, sense, you're playing another, conference opponent which isn't necessarily a bad thing exactly you yeah. just get an extra game with somebody exactly exactly yeah. right we just don't travel as far in our case right uh, exactly right. <laughs> yeah you're not going all the way into the corner of virginia right um, you'll go to the one corner not the other uh again talk to me about buzz anthony talk to me about this senior group well and, and i know they're not the only ones uh miles mallory as you as you pointed out too a, a pretty good player in him in himself, but tell me about this core group. Tell us maybe what we don't know about this group that we should know about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the chance to, you know, maybe talk and brag on our guys. Um, I, I just think, you know, after like, and everyone's been through this stuff, but um, you know, to have Buzz and David come back for their fifth year to have Ian Robertson from Delaware and, and Daquan Morris from the Hill school in Philly. So that's our senior group right there. And then the juniors, we've got miles Mallory and Josh Talbert, uh, Noah Lindsay, Logan Norton, um, who was a James River guy, but but that that's our upperclassmen core, and we've got some good young guys that um, you know a little bit banged up and maybe have missed some action, but uh, some bright futures. We even had Vincent Payne from Garetti who had a good game against Hood, you know, and and I can't remember this the last time this happened, but we we just played the tournament and and Buzz was all tournament team, and the MVP went to Miles Mallory. Hmm. Um, so it, it kind of shows you just the, the growth in his game, how hard he's worked. Uh, he, he put two great games together. Buzz played a great championship game and, shoot, had 10 assists the night before. But um, I guess that's the, maybe the, the, uh, the growth and, the, and the, uh, the balance of the group right now is that, uh, you know, we're not relying on one guy. Buzz is super unselfish. I think he's, you know, number three in, in school all time for assists right now. 
Um, it's never been about him. It's always about the team. What can he do to help us win? I mean, ultimate competitor. A lot of that has, uh, you know, influenced some of our other guys. And, um, you know, so excited. Yeah, we, we and, and happy that we got 12 games in yet last year and uh, we're able to, you know, some guys got better and, and we grew closer as a group. And uh, I hope that answered it. Uh, Dave, I guess I could mention a guy like Logan Norton, who has come on, transferred in, and uh, you know we recruited him out of James River, but um, can add some shot making. And uh, Ian Robertson playing great. We just we've got a good group, and uh, but we got to keep getting better defensively. Not where we want to be. Offensively, still figuring things out, playing groups, and uh, you know how what what, what we're going to run, how we're going to attack. But but that's the excitement Wednesday. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we. Can. Looking forward to seeing how it plays out for you guys. Obviously, coming up, your next game, I lost it. There it is, Mary Washington uh, coming up, as you pointed out, um, on Wednesday. And then Emory, the, you'll be at the uh, Great Lakes event uh, in, a, in a week's time, week and a half time. Um, I, but you mentioned last year, I should obviously point out, great season. You guys got games in, despite I know what were challenges, especially in the ODAC. Uh, and then you, you, you went and kind of cobbled against with trying something, I know you're trying a bunch of ideas. You got the game with trying. What, what was, what was the reaction to that in the end? Like, what did you, did you get what you hoped to get out of that deal? And what I'm getting at was that was a real tough game to get arranged, whether it was trying Mm -hmm. or somebody else. Mm -hmm. I know you guys were jumping through to try and get that and you were running out of time. Did you get what you wanted out of the deal? Oh, I, I think so. And I mean, huge credit goes to trying their head coach Brooks Miller for for wanting to to do that game, you know, because they they I guess I guess both of us had something to lose. But yeah. um, you know, for them to do the travel and and, and seek that game out, I, I just give them all the credit and respect in the world. And it just offered both of our teams a chance for one more game, just another learning opportunity, get this game on film. Uh, play play great competition so for our guys a, a home game uh, that you know we, we had very few of them so we we actually won that ODAC championship at Lynchburg on a Thursday and then turned around and that game was on a Sunday um, so we were taking the championship pictures with the masks on just uh, to make sure that there was going to be no tracing and, and uh, <laughs> all that because we had to we had to pass one more test on that yeah. Friday and so did they for this game to be a go and, um, you know, he couldn't have been better. I don't know that I've ever had a game where he spoke to our guys afterward yeah, and I couldn't have been that. more complimentary and uh, just a class act. Um, and they are, I mean, you talk about being better sometimes or you don't know what you see on film. I mean, those guys were really, we thought they were really good on film. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe we, maybe we got a shot. Uh, but they, they were the real deal. And um, it was a fun game. It was a lot of fun for our guys, and uh, that that style of play. I hope they, you know, make the tournament, make a deep run, um, because I'm rooting for those guys. But that style of play is going to be hard to prepare for in the tournament. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I remember now that you mentioned it that he uh, that he came uh, he came over to talk to you guys after. I remember watching that on the video, which was really cool. And then, um, and yeah, we should point out that you you mentioned the Theodek Championship game in Lynchburg. That was the other twist because of. Of COVID challenges and all the other quirks that had to be, and I got it because I was talking to your AD about it. I understood the premise um, yeah. that you guys made up games, but because they were makeup games, they couldn't count for the. Ca- it was a wacky year, and so you go in undefeated, 
is like what the fifth seed in the ODAC or something wacky that, like that. That, that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you earned it. So congrats. Yeah. Hey, yeah. sir, I appreciate the time. I know you're busy. Uh, you've got um, Anthony's to take care of. And so we'll let you go. Um, <laughs> appreciate the time. Appreciate uh, you, you giving us the insight. I know we'll catch up with you down the road, but in the meantime, take care of yourselves um, and enjoy. And as always, we give the ghost the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those? Who yeah, Dave, just as always, I, I want to reiterate my thanks to you, D3Hoops.com. Uh, just love what you do for our game. You know, D3 gets a bad rap sometimes, and uh, but we got great players, great it's a great product. It's a lot of fun to watch. And uh, what you do to bring uh, some, some, a spotlight to this game, uh, I, I speak on behalf of our program and many others that we're very grateful to what you're doing. Well, thanks. I appreciate that, Josh. Uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon uh, and maybe even seeing you in person. That'll be fun, too. Uh, yeah, take care. Get some sleep. We'll talk soon. All right, Dave. Thanks again. Take care. Absolutely. Yeah. He's Josh Merkel. joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoops. Sorry, folks, just realized our mic was off during that whole little spiel. So you saw my mouth moving, and I wasn't talking. Uh, thanks again to Josh. I'll reiterate what I said to him. Terrific that he could come on the show. Really appreciate him taking the time. So what I was going to say was what our plan was here with the show was come on the air tonight and then be on the air through Thursday, or I mean uh, Sunday and Thursdays through, through Christmas except for Thanksgiving, like we have done quite often maybe maybe an occasional thursday here and there where we weren't going to be able to be on the air uh and then january off and running we we made that plan we set it in stone after getting confirmation that we would be not needed for some other uh professional events that have come up um well the one of those professional events called back later and said actually we do need you so this january this november is not going to go as planned um we're still piecing together how we're going to pull this off but I leave Wednesday um, to be on the other side of the country. I will be in California for the rest of November. Um, uh, for those of you who know me, uh, I, I have had this gig with World Team Tennis. It was awesome last summer when it took a, a step forward in, my, in, in what I do, and that opportunity has revisited. Don't feel bad for me. It's going to be a, a lovely time. I'll be working hard, don't get me wrong. But it's an opportunity I cannot turn down. And as a result, I cannot commit that we're going to be in this studio uh, every Sunday and every Thursday for the month of, of November and even, and even December. So he, just to give you a sense, I leave Wednesday. By the way, I got a basketball game. I'm thrilled to be back at PA announcing at Goucher on Monday. Uh, I've got some uh, appointments that I've had to squeeze in on Tuesday. I then fly to California on Wednesday. I will be in California until after Thanksgiving. I return home. I've got some uh, work I, I have to do at Navy. Then a couple of days before I head to Greensboro, North Carolina for the men's and women's soccer championships in early December. That's literally my schedule. So we're going to try and figure this out and get you as many shows video-wise because we want to respect our partnership with Blue Frame Technology. So some of these might have to be uploaded, unfortunately, but we're going to figure these out. Um, We've got some ideas on how we'll do some shows. There may even be a chance that Pat Coleman or somebody else may step in to do a show for me if we absolutely need it. Um, but, for example, I, I'm not positive we're going to get a show off 
off on Thursday. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, but we may be able to work towards another show next Sunday that we can put together and, and publish. Uh, we've got some good ideas. And then we'll go from there. Maybe we can get a couple shows out, out the door next week. Uh, the week of Thanksgiving, then we'll get another one. And then that final, that final weekend of, of November, we already have a plan in place because I knew it was going to be busy anyway of how we're going to handle that. Probably won't do a show as I head to the final four, but we'll get one when we get back and then we'll settle in for about three or four shows before we take a break. So it's going to be a little hodgepodge and I apologize for that. Um, it wasn't the original plan. That also stinks because we're looking for sponsors and advertisers with this show. And consistency is obviously good, especially when we can say, hey, we're doing 35 shows this year. We won't be able to do 35 shows. But if you are interested in sponsoring and, and advertising the show, please reach out to us. Um, Pat talks about the Patreon. And as I, as I talked a lot about it on, on Bob Quillman's QCast, um, Pat and I have a partnership, but we're technically two different entities. So, yes, you, you donate to Patreon. You are indirectly assisting Hoopsville. You aren't, but we have our own bills, which is why we've had fundraisers in the past, that help us. Anyway, long story short, we're trying to go the advertising route because I'll be blunt. We have been approached about taking this show pay-per-view. And it's a great idea. I will tell you, listen, you know, as, as, as one who says this often about basketball games, I'm not a fan of the pay-per-view structure. But for this show, there's an argument for it. At this point, I'm not sure if we're ready to pull that trigger. So we're trying to do advertising and sponsorships. We're trying to make that work. Um, once we figure out some of the gremlins that should be working that aren't, you're going to see different advertising on this show, and that's thanks to our partnership with Blue Frame Technology because we can pull in advertising from other places. But if you want a guaranteed spot in those, if you want a guaranteed opportunity to bit in front of D3 eyeballs, then talk to us, and we will work that avenue. Uh, so we're looking forward to doing that, but you all need to reach out to us. We've reached out to some. We've gotten some interest, but we haven't gotten anything past that. 2020, we had... Seemed to kind of break through with that, and it wasn't, it's not breaking through now. Anyway, my point being is you, you donate to Patreon, you certainly help D3 Hoops, and you indirectly help us because that's how we have a website, that's how we have a landing place, all of that. But when it comes to our bills and our stuff and keeping this show moving forward and giving us the opportunity to do other things, we want to go the advertising and sponsorship route. By the way, donations as well. If you're interested in making a donation to the show, there's many ways to do that. You can ask us. We have them on our website. We have to tweak that a little bit, but those options are out there as well. Anyway, my point being, not great for advertisers and sponsors that we're not going to be as consistent in November as we hoped, but we'll do something. I will bring some basic video gear with me and the capability of taping some interviews uh, so that we can at least put something together from my workout in California. We'll get some shows put together. we got some good ideas of how we want to do those. So we'll still be doing hoops, but just bear with us as we'll be a little bit uh, unscheduled on how we do it. And that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, really appreciate you all tuning in for our debut. We're over time, as we always are. Um, we are going to work on being better on our timing, too, just for the record. Tonight just was one of those nights that uh, not everything went according to plan. I want to thank uh, Brian Morehouse for being on the show from Hope, Josh Merkel from Randolph-Macon. Really appreciate their times. 
I want to thank Gordon Mann and Pat Coleman as well. We'll get Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott on a show very soon. And we have some ideas from some other guests as well. Looking forward to uh, getting them out the door. If you've got uh, guest ideas, if you've got questions for us, if you've got anything D3 basketball related, send it to us. Uh, Twitter account at D3 Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. The email address is Hoopsville at D3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're also on Instagram at D3 Hoopsville as well. I think we're going to maybe get rid of the bottom crawl that we've got and go to some graphics in the future, but we'll work on that somewhere down the road. So that'll do it for us. I really want to thank our advertising and sponsors so far. Uh, the NABC has been invaluable for us uh, since we built this studio many moons, many moons ago. I think we've done, well, we've done 12 or 13 seasons in this studio, so I want to thank them especially. Um, they're back on board with us, and we appreciate it. And WBCA, we still have a partnership with them. It's, it's taking a little bit of a different look at it this year. We want to thank their support as well, as always. Uh, Blue Frame Technology, really big help. We really appreciate their support. Uh, they're giving us this portal to use, and we hope you'll take advantage of that portal. Uh, you can watch the games on Amazon. You can watch them on Apple TV, Roku app, or on your phone, however you want. And they're going to join us as well as being partners with D3, D3Hoops.com Classic, which will we'll add to it a little bit, I think, next uh, this coming uh, December as well. So I want to really thank uh, Mark and all the other guys there at, at, at uh, Blue Frame Technology. Uh, looking forward to taking that uh, relationship to the next step. And you'll see that in soon. We, we, we got, there's some gremlins that shouldn't be gremlins that are keeping us from being able to fully use the production truck technology that I love so much. Uh, so I want to thank all of them for your, their help. And if you want to sponsor or advertise on the show, we'll look forward to that. But especially I want to thank, as I sign off, the SIDs out there, Sports Information Directors. This is the end of Sports Information Directors Thank You Week. And without them, we couldn't do this show, mainly because they're the ones getting us pictures and, and information and willing to get coaches on the line for us or help us through some uh, scheduling issues if we've got any. So, or even get us great story ideas, or as some do, they just message in the middle of a show to say, hey, here's a little, little bit of info that you need right now. And I always appreciate them, so thank them for their time for joining us. And with that, we're signing off, because I also have to thank the fam family, because they sacrificed their time. They're now back used to me doing the show, and we will be getting a new producer extraordinaire. I don't like using the title again, but down the road, you'll be seeing a new producer extraordinaire. I can't wait for it. Looking forward to that. And with that, we sign off. You've been listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC studios. Thanks to our partners at Blue Frame Technology and WBCA as well. We will be on, we'll get another show out this week. Stay tuned with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and on Instagram at D3Hoopsville and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville for more information on our shows and when we'll be on the air. You can always go to our website, D3Hoopsville.com. Uh, and, of course, don't forget to check out d3hoops.com as well for all your informational needs. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Welcome back to the D3 season. I hope you're uh, ready for as much fun as we all are ready for and looking forward to crowning champions in March. It's not going to be uh, an easy road. Don't get us wrong. It'll be a little bit rough and tumble along the way, but looking forward to maybe getting some ch champions in 2022. Good night, everybody.